these crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to another awesome, amazing, undescribable show and episode of Heroes of Noise. People, I'm your host, Steve. What's happening, everyone? Steve Hudson. How you been, brother? I've been doing freaking well. Who are you? You might want to introduce yourself. My name is Dan. Dan Ramirez. (laughs) You heard of me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know what I was doing? You caught me, man, because... All right. Hold up real quick. I'm going to turn this shit off really fast here. Because... You know how I had uh-huh. to set. Let me let me go back for a second, ladies and gentlemen. How how's everybody doing? First yes. of all, let's let's wait for it. How y'all doing? <laughs> yes. Not uh-huh. you, Steve. I already fucking know how you are. I've been with oh, you all day. Oh, oh, okay, folks. Yeah, you have been. Obviously. Yeah. How you doing, folks? Nothing. All right. Fuck all of you. Then we're done. Peace. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, he's in one of his. Moods I am in one of my moods today, boy, because I've been ready to record for a while, and I'm coming over a slump. So today. Steve came over to my house and we were going to try and record live, you know, live, like face to face for the first time since the very first time we ever recorded together, which was three seasons ago on The Word. And I'm like ready for it. I had everything set up. It looked nice. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? Gene, let me tell you something. All right, people, I don't want to. You know what? I was just about to do my Steve thing. Yes, it looked nice. Go on, Dan. <laughs> What's your Steve thing? I mean, it could be anything. I was about to go, I was about to go into another tangent about how oh, built your okay, house yeah. is, but that would have taken yeah. us to a whole Don't different do the thing. Steve. Beautiful thing. house, Thank brother. You. I appreciate Beautiful it. house. So yeah. any, anyway, anyway, so this is what happened. So I usually have all my stuff all set up in what's called a mix minus fashion. Uh, Google it. I don't want to talk about it really, but it's basically how we record the show. We're able to hear each other. Steve can hear the sound effects and, you know, all of that. So I took everything out from my regular station and I went and took it into the kitchen, reset it all up and everything like that. Steve comes over. We're ready to hit it. We're ready to hit it hard. In fact, I even gave a drink. I even, (laughs) yeah, Steve, it's early in the game, but I like where you're going. I like it. I'm with you because I've had a couple of those doozies today myself. You did amazing ones today. I was like, how did I catch that? I did all right, right? You did amazing, G. <laughs> so check it out. So anyway, it didn't work, guys. Let's just—that's the short version of it. Is that it just didn't work. There's some issues that we have to work out with our mics. And uh, to spare you all of my anal bullshit, <laughs> I felt kind of—I do. I still feel bad, actually. I sent Steve home. I'm like, you go home, and we're gonna Skype because <laughs> it wasn't coming it, out. But it, it wasn't right. For all you audio engineers, here's my theory. So here's the issue for everyone that's not audio, uh, like into this stuff. I get it, but. But this is true. Someone might be able to help us out. Exactly. So what happened is, in my theory, what happened, Dan has a mixer, and from this mixer, he has two microphones going into this mixer, an outboard mixer from Logic Pro. The outboard connects to a a USB port that's a multiple port that connects into one USB port into his actual computer. So it's an adapter. My theory is... Logic is only reading that as one input. So every time we use, make two tracks, it still records us both on one. So we're trying to figure out how to make the, I don't think there's a way to do it. What I would like to do is to be able to record one microphone onto track one, one microphone on a track two. But what was going on, it was blending into mm-hmm. both. And that just fucks with me big time. So we, we tried something else. So but anyway, guys, if you know how to fix that, please let me know. So if you know how to make me record two separate tracks, like in a live setting, I, I'll... 
I'll pinch your ass or something. Unless Look, you're looking at you, Bucks. I won't do that. Looking at you, Bucks. I won't do that. I'm talking to Bucks. I want to pinch his ass. No, so anyway, <laughs> we're talking about him because I know he knows audio engineering stuff, and so he probably would be like, "Oh, this is how you do that." I don't want to pinch your ass, Bucks. I'm just kidding. Don't get excited <laughs> over there, buddy. So anyway, guys, when I moved everything back into the room because it didn't work. I was trying to turn the volume down right now for the, so it might be a little bit loud on the intro. I was trying to turn the intro music down and I had reversed my inputs. So I was trying to turn it down. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Wow. (laughs) If it sounds a little funky at the beginning, that's my fault. I don't think, I think we're okay, but just in case. But you know, the good thing, ladies and gentlemen, is that I I get to meet his awesome children and they are an amazingly well-mannered, interesting group of children. And they each have their very own personalities. They, yeah, um, you caught the most mellow of mellows with Sarah today. Is that? I thought that's just her. No, no, no. She's full of it. Not full of it, but she's just like full of life when she's, she was tired. She's had a long weekend. She had a friend to stay over last night, and I think they stayed up too late or something. Something's, of course, that's what you're supposed off. to do. And you, but you even brought it up. You're like, what's up with you today? I'm like, oh, this isn't just me. Nah, I was like, hey, come here. Come here. <laughs> Get with it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, it was really fun talking to Ben. I mean, I could see. You guys hit definitely. it off, man. Yes. It was a click. Like, I was like, are we clicking right now? Because everything he talked about, I was like, yep, that. Oh, yep, that. I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, we're clicking. And you know what I liked about that is that, I mean, obviously, he's not a child. He's yeah. 19 years old. But you didn't talk to him like a child. And some people still do that. If they're, you know, they're not comfortable talking with someone's quote unquote children. They start going into like question mode and oh yeah, so okay. how's how's school going, bud? You know that kind of shit, like the generic questions, elevator yeah. questions. Yes, and you didn't do that, bro. So thank you very much. You made him feel like a human being, like an adult. He was I very. I, that. I definitely value his opinions because, like, what he was saying made so much sense. Especially, he's a metaphor guy. So am I. Like when he's like, "Let me show you something," I said, "Oh, he's a metaphor guy." Some people are. Where it's just like someone asks you a question, you're like, okay, let me put it this way. See, there's two people on a road. That's how I make my point. And I'm like, oh, Ben does that, huh? Yeah, he does that quite often, actually. (laughs) That is so, I always do that. Instead of giving you an answer, I'll be like, well, let's put it this way. What if (laughs) this person, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's doing the thing. Steve, why are you so argumentative? It's like a bologna sandwich. Yes, exactly. No. <laughs> and be like, is that argumentative or is that bologna sandwich making its point? And you're like, okay, I get it, but you could have just said, but it's easier for me to be like, let me try to put it in an arena of a thought that maybe you didn't think of it the same way as. Boom. And he did that, and I was like, oh my gosh, what an interesting child you have. He's not even a child. What an inter- interesting young man you have. I was like, yeah, I could chill with I could definitely chill with Ben. Like if, if it was like, Hey, my bad. Um, my dad's not going to be here for an hour. I'd be like, I'm on my way. I'll just chill because he's just a person I could talk to. And he's a musician. So musicians think a certain way anyway. Well, you're always welcome, man. See, we've got this weird, like, um, elephant in the room thing out of the way now. Like I've been to your house. You've been to my house. Of course, this has only happened one time a piece in three years, but we're making progress. Your house is beautiful, man. And the backyard. Oh, in the pooch, the nooches. <laughs> you like my pooches. Oh right? my gosh, dude. Well, I couldn't get enough, as you saw. Yeah. Oh my. And they, you know what? They are just. Pro- now, Roxy was iffy at first. She liked me when Baxter liked me. Then she'd come up and be like, okay, 
that means that you were giving someone else attention. So she's That's like, all right, I'm gonna go bust this out. See, but no, when I came back in the house, it's almost like it was a reset. Then she was like, click, oh, I like this guy. But I'm like, okay, I just went to the car and came back. What happened? So interesting. Well, you know, like when you, I think what it is with a dog, it's like, where's he going? He's leaving me. Oh God, he's back. That's you know probably what, I mean? what it is. And uh, that's her for sure. And Baxter automatically uh, caught the whole, he likes dogs thing. He caught it. Boom. Okay. No, Baxter's cool. more of a, you're going to love me. And I don't really give a shit what you oh, think. Oh, for real? Make you love me. Oh yeah. Like if you're, <laughs> if you're like just sitting there, he'll jump up on the couch and he'll like put his head between your, like if your hands resting on your oh, leg. Oh, come he will on. put his head. <laughs> put his nose into your hand and then like make it so you're petting him he's oh. that dog he's pushing and he you know it's funny because when i stopped petting him he actually put his paw on my hand like to pull yeah it that's over. what i'm saying like come on now Keep that going. is so adorable <laughs> yeah. g <clears throat> yeah that's him dude he's 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 an adorable dog most of the time he's well behaved like you saw he didn't even bark like i was selling him you know what i mean that's what i thought but... i was like he's not even doing that thing no, well, I think it's because you were giving him love or something. Because you, you say that I don't, of course. And of course, Gee, they were ridiculous. sitting there. Okay, people, let me tell they're you. They're always like that, that though. Oh, you're going to make me sound like I'm abusing my oh, dog. No, I you're not. You're not. What they were saying is. They, get, they go to the groomers. They go to the vet regularly. I give them an Advantix. They have star, uh, star Wars collars. I love these fucking dogs. Do you, do you hug on them, Dan? Hell yeah. Okay, well, they sleep with mind. me. That's true. That was a game changer. They sleep with you. That's true. I yes, I wouldn't. And those are the dogs, people. Dan's dogs. And our house doesn't smell like. Does our does my house smell okay, like dog? Okay, okay. Let me tell you. Here's what I'm gonna be real. Oh, we're about to get real today. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> does it we're smell about like no dog? no no. We're about to get real. So I knew you had dogs. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, Steve. His house is gonna smell always, like dog. Always always go into the negative. You always know the house is gonna be like dog. Smell like dog. That's just life. Gee, I smelled nothing. You are the first house in my life that I wouldn't have been able to tell you had dogs had I not known you had dogs. I'm like, what is he doing, I wonder? Well, come on, man. I, I did put the shine on it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you didn't do... I mean, normally you can sm still smell dog. I think it's just you keep them groomed or something. Yeah, they don't get too funky. Because, man, even the breath wasn't bad. I was like, what's up with these dogs? <laughs> Like, that what's going actually on? took surgery to correct for Baxter. Oh, that took surgery, dude. Really? You would not be able to stand him being near you about three months ago. We had I spent four hundred dollars on this damn dog. What happened? It was while I was uh, maybe not even four months ago. Anyway, it was when I was off on surgery. Yeah, and they pulled like four rotten teeth on this little cat. <gasps> and uh, he's not a cat; he's a dog. Poor thing. But uh, but he's a cool cat. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, and and it was weird. Like right after that, like I was like, let me smell that breath, dude. Damn, let me smell it again. Like, there was nothing there. That is Now, what is the... And the weird part was, I'm telling the truth about that. I did it multiple times. Now, what, what was the um, rehab on that? Like, when he got his tooth... Oh, he was... He, it was he like do? doggy Vicodin <gasps> and some rest. Vi they, they gave him pain meds, huh? They gave him pain meds, yeah. Poor thing. Now, one thing that I, um, I didn't know you wanted to talk about is you've had a lot more time with your dogs lately. Yeah. Well, we got to put it that way, huh? All right. That's where we're going. <laughs> I heard, you, I, heard, I heard your dad died. I don't see you on the phone that much anymore. Oh. Oh, you ain't playing catch today? Huh. What's wrong, Danny boy? Where's your daddy? No, oh, just kidding. No. I know what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Let's talk about it. So um, there, was, there was almost no show last week. And as you've looked into your feed, you'll see that uh, Mr. Hudson, you, we, we called it hollering with Hudson. He was bringing some fire to you guys. 
And thank you for doing that, man. I appreciate you stepping up because really I have a very hard time talking that long, which I think it was like 40 minutes or something like that. I I have I went that long. I have a very hard time doing that on a solo. Like it's just, it's, I've actually stopped and like retook it before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Re-recorded, I should say. And I, so, but you of course are so eloquent and you, you have the oh, gift of gab. So it came out. I appreciate it. Came out nicely, man. Yeah. No, you use big words and shit, which I don't. You do though. So anyway, no show, mm-hmm. uh, regular show. And there, there's a big reason for it. So I'm not going to, I'm going to take it down a notch, but I'm going to bring this fucker right back up again. Whew. So. As a lot of you know that listen to this show, I'm a very busy cat, was a very busy cat. And what happened was I had a, okay, I had this great job. It wasn't a great job. Let me start. How do I want to do this? <laughs> I got to be careful. No, 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 no. You I guys totally get this, G. I, I need to be careful with so my words. So smart, dude. I literally, yeah. when you were saying it, I was like, does he want to say that? I No, no, no. There will be no specifics. Okay. There will be no names. Okay. Um, I won't even really say, if you've, if you've heard the industry I'm in, then you're good. If not, I'm not going to mention it on this one. Or maybe I will. I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to say right now. But um, I was—I thought I was a very valued, you know, uh, participant at my place of work. I was in management. I was the uh, the lead of yes. my position, and I had people underneath me and whatnot. Yes. And and they found me in a room with someone underneath me, and now I'm gone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, um, <laughs> so what happened was uh, thir- Friday morning, last was it a week ago? A little over a week ago. I walked into work and everything was cool and I started doing my job and about and then there's this like there's this person that comes in at 1030 and then they like start breaking people out and whatnot, you know, just keeping things going. Well, the 1030 person comes and they're like, hey, so and so wants to see you. Now, this so and so is a brand new um, clipboard carrier, if you know what I'm saying, like they're mm-hmm. they have some importance there. And I'm like, well, this dude never does that. In fact, since I've been back from surgery. This dude's been there, and I have yet to exchange words with this guy. So this mm. should be interesting. And I jokingly go, watch, <laughs> you know, and, and said what ultimately happened. And it ultimately happened. I walk into the room, and there's our HR person. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I already know where this is going. Like, instantly, I knew where this is going. And I sat down, and they're like, so, Dan, how you doing? And I'm like, just get to the point. I didn't say that, of course, but I'm trying to play it off. And the weird part was I walked by both of them earlier in the morning, and I went, hi, good morning. And they kind of just looked down like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, but I didn't think anything of it just because they're honestly just kind of like, uh, and I'm not even talking poorly about them. They're just, they don't have great personalities. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just not warm individuals. Are they pretty, are they pretty much the up in the air people? What do you mean up in the air? Remember that movie where all they do is send those two people around? To- oh, 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 like, uh, uh, no, this okay. person is the, the, the male that I'm referring to is a new like head of operations kind of guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, and, okay then, cool. and then the other person was an HR person. Okay, cool. So Sounds good. I have a feeling most of you know where this is going. So um, I walked in and uh, they were like, how you doing? And everything. Oh, I'm great. You know, sat down, go ahead and sit down. And that I instantly knew. And then I see these two envelopes. <laughs> I'm like, Oh fuck, this is really happening. Um, I was told that because of this recent acquisition of multi, you know, companies that were all merged together. Um, they didn't, my job had been eliminated. So I was laid off, in fact, on uh, last Friday, two Fridays ago. But here's the thing, and this is not saving face. I truly mean this from the bottom of my heart. And if you go back, I don't know if I really talked too much about this, but I know that Steve will vouch for me on this here. I'm fine. And, and, and even more importantly, I was really planning on leaving this job anyway. I just wanted to do it on my terms. You know what I mean? Because I, I have... I had some, uh, I don't want to say power. That's not the right word. I had not even authority. I didn't give a shit about that kind of stuff. 
I just, I, I was a person of resource. Like even now, I guarantee you, not to sound like I'm talking smack on any of these people, they're totally competent, but there's just shit there they don't know that I was there to teach them. It's true. You know what I'm saying? It's true. So yeah, it's it's true. Yeah. I'm not trying to like blow myself or anything, because if I could, I wouldn't be on the fucking microphone. Exactly. Right now, you know what I'm saying? You'd be busy. I would be very busy right mm-hmm. now. It would be a, another Steve Hudson solo show. Especially since your, you know, your wife is out of town. What, what else are you going to do? This is very, well, <laughs> anyway, I take care of myself. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so I got laid off folks and it was like the shock to my system at first, but these are the thought. It was like a grieving process that I went through. And I think that's a fair comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, where I loved all the people that I, most of the people that I worked with, I really, really cared for. I enjoyed working with them. And so that was a bummer because I knew I wouldn't really be, you know, you just don't see people once you leave unless we never established the friendship like that. It was always like yes. work friends, but I still yes. miss them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm really going to miss, we had students that we taught. Um, I was the clinical instructor and I'm going to miss all of that. So they took, I guess you could say they sort of took my livelihood away from me. Like I said, I was wanting to leave the facility anyway. and I've literally from the first year I was, I was there five years Mm -hmm. and from the first year I've wanted to, but I'm where, but it all worked out because, you know, I was so miserable at this joint. I started applying for other jobs, trying to get out and ended up getting on at where I'm still employed. Thankfully I have a short hour job there. And I met this cat named Steve Hudson. And because of that, we have this show. We're talking to you right now because that job made me so miserable. So I ended up staying there for benefit purposes and all the boring stuff that people stay and have two jobs for. And the money just kicks. I mean, that's all I'll say about it, but the money's awesome. So I'm, I'm, even though I'm working way less than I used to, like a lot, um, to the point where it's, you know, it's got me worried a little bit. I need to do something soon. But what I went through, Steve, was like when I left, I'm like, that's cool. It's all done. They did it for me. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's cool. Now it's, that's the, you know, what do you say when you're in like a denial that you're not grieving? If that's the push I needed, I think yes. I use that. That's, that's the I push that I needed. I remember you texted me and I, and I woke up to a, I just got laid off and I immediately called. Yeah. I said, and thank you for that, by the way. What? And when you told me, because the thing is, you didn't tell me, I, the funny thing is I knew which job you were talking about. There was not even a yeah. question. And uh, well, of course, and it was, a, a, I mean, you're a trained for the sake of this podcast. I'm going to say you're a trained patient, uh, patient care service representative. That's what you do. Patient care services, PCS. And so. When you told me that I, you know, it was so crazy that my main thing was, what about, did anyone kind of give you the heads up? You're like, no one did. And it's like, you took it in such stride. And then later the text changed. Yeah, because things started to kick in yes. and you start putting the pieces yes. together and you start thinking about, oh, well, this certain person, you know, who I was in total communication with. I knew all sh- I knew shit I didn't want to know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Suddenly it was just a hey, what's up? Yep. Kind of thing. Yes. And just very short little bursts of information, and then mm-hmm. that's it. And I wouldn't see said person again. Yes. So this is where I got to be real careful. I think I'm going to end it on this. Okay. I do believe that this was a a pre-calculated kind of thing, simply because, and I'm not trying to blow myself again, guys. Um, I guess I just made the most money in the building, and. This pl- this company loves money like most companies do. They had to do some downsizing. It made sense. And, you know, maybe the person I was referring to maybe got a bump. Just my guess. But I've been through this process a bunch of times. 
it was all calculated for monetary purposes. They were, they told me it wasn't a performance thing. And I fucking know that. I mean, I, I don't think I'm like perfect, but I do my job very well. I'm very proud of what I do. And I've worked very hard to get to where I am, which is sitting in front of a microphone unemployed. <laughs> but, um, that was a very maniacal laugh because, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah. So anyway, you know, I, I think there was some shenanigans, but I get it. I've been around. And like I said, honestly, it was the push I needed. So that kicked in a little bit and that made me, I went through the grief thing of, you know, I went from, I'm fine to like, it was like denial kind of thing to like, I was shocked to, I got angry, like about the stuff I was just talking about. And then very, very sad because my livelihood was taken away. I was not doing well by Sunday. Um, I had to go to work coincidentally at the other place. So it was kind of nice to stay busy. Yes. But it was hard to be there. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And then it really kicked into play when I had some time off during the week. I mean, uh, Gail was just like, you're not doing well, are you? I said, I think I'm depressed right now. I really think I'm depressed, you know? And it, it, (laughs) there was like a day I didn't even like shower. I was just sitting on the couch and it was like those in the movies when you're just sitting in a chair and like seasons are changing around you and shit like that. That's what it felt. Of course. And that's the, that's the only reason I was like, you know what? Even if he doesn't want me to, I got to check on this dude every day to make and I sure appreciate what that, is going, even if you're just like, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, okay, but I'm not going to be like, oh, he's fine. I'm like, nope, this is not one of those. Imagine he's just fine days. I'm like, nope, just, just make sure that he's on the up and up. Everything is cool. But then I saw things happening when you start being like, you know what? I'm going to get in fighting weight. I'm like, there it is. Whatever happened is regarding that though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but regarding that, that was the Saturday, the day after. I was like, you know what? I literally put on, I think it was like Facebook or something. I said, I'm, I, I, this is what happened, but I'm giving myself 24 hours to deal with this. I'm hitting it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Rocky Four hard, is what I said. Well, I went like Rocky Five. <laughs> I went Rocky Five. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was not a good thing. I mean, I could, you were, um, when we talked, I think we talked on Thursday or, or Wednesday. And your situation, oddly enough, brought a lot of things into my brain. Oh, yeah? What's like what? Like, um, you want to elaborate? You're, you're a trained PCS. Um, a lot of people aren't trained PCSs. And so if someone comes in and says, and this is for everyone listening, this is a message to you. Um, Dan thought early in life to train himself as a PCS. So get a certificate in a, a field in the PCS business. And so if someone lets him go, he does have an upper hand. Some of us don't. And some of us should. Even if you're not. All right. Even if you don't, you're like, oh, I'm fine here. You are till you aren't. You are until you aren't people. And if you have any certificate of any sort. That does give you an upper hand in situations. The continuing, I mean, I even talked to my computer professor and I'm like, I looked, I was like, well, you have a lot of certifications. He's like, I have to get a, I have to get certified in different things every year because things are always moving. And if things move too fast, guess who's left in the dust? Right. Me. Totally. I have to be ahead of the game. And so uh, Dan is more trained as a PCS than most people are. He decided, let me get ahead of this. And it, and some people just don't do that. And I'm like, you know what? Right now, in this situation, what would I do? And I would be totally screwed, dude. Totally. Uh, oh, dude. I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't honestly say because 
you know, I'm not one of those. Well, things happen for a reason. A lot of people told me that, too. And I do appreciate it. Yes. You are listening. Yes. And that told me that I totally appreciate it. Um, but I will tell you that in my head, I'm like, bullshit. You know, yeah. yes. <laughs> that doesn't happen. But it's it's nice to that people did that kind of thing. And, and so what I'm trying to say is, who knows, man? I mean, you seem to be at a point in your life, if I'm oh, being you know, here, you know, where you wanted some kind of a change. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's great, you know, um, and I wish you well on that. But I don't think that if. No, I think that if anybody, man, I mean, I think that it's one of those things you have to be. It just depends on where you're at, what type of business you do your reputation and things like that, uh, that, you know, can help you get another job. And I think that with your reputation, you would do just fine. In my situation, there are multiple jobs that I'm going to be applying to starting tomorrow. Actually, I just needed a, like a week of course. to wrap my head around things, yes. dude, because I feel much better now. Like I'm still like, okay, there is that impending. There's a certainty that's, that's coming. I need to fix that. And that's what I do, man. I'm a fixer. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't fix the microphones today, but other than that, Steve, I fix things. <laughs> You know, so I, 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 I'm just kind of, I'm going to just throw a bunch of stuff out there and see what comes back at me and we'll see how, we'll see how I do. But I, I know that something's coming. I do understand what you're saying. I do have different roads I can travel on because uh, I have multiple licenses in my field so I can yes. do different things. So I'll be okay. I just needed time to process and mope and, you know, hate the world for a few days and then just kind of go, okay. Now you're ready to do this because everyone was like, did you do anything? Did you apply? I know this person. This, they, I had so many job leads that people were telling me and they're still out there. But I was like, yeah, that's cool. I just I couldn't bring myself to even change my resume. Do you know what I mean? It was just oh, yeah. like this weird. Yeah, it was oh, just sure. weird pouty thing, I guess, or um, temporary depression, I think, is a very good way of describing it. But I'm back, baby. I'm good. I'm ready to do this shit. And I'm ready to crush it with you, Steve. Dude, you're and, you know, again, people out there. You hear what he said? He has multiple licenses in the field he's in. If you, and it doesn't matter what, you, if you're a musician, if you're a musician out there and you're, you're being employed by someone, well then become the best. So good that if you got, if someone lets you go, A, they would miss you immediately and B, someone else is going to say, I've been waiting for that person to leave that job. I've been waiting for them to be available. Go get them. If you're doing, if you're, whatever you're doing in life, what if they're saying, hey, there's another certificate for this program. Hey, there's another opportunity to learn something. Just do it. Become the best at that thing so that you are you cannot a be gone for too long without finding something else. And B, someone else is going to try to snap you up. Just do it. Because even though, and on that. Yes, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Sorry. No, I was just saying because you just you're not um, not everybody like uh, is going to have a backup immediately there. Some of us. Um, don't. And as Dan is the best at what he does, the best at what he no, does. I'm true. saying, bruh, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, but it's, it's not true. You don't <laughs> believe really it. Not. I believe you. I, are I the, know for a fact, but I appreciate your sentiment. And so the fact that it's, it, it's not even, it's, it's another company was privileged enough to already have him on their payroll, but some people we have, we've gotten way too chill. And I know I have. And um, I was like, you know what? I need to have a bunch of certificates under my belt, too. Wherever those certificates come from, I need to get certificates under my belt so that I could say, hey, I'm able to now mope for a week and start applying for jobs, not mope for a week and be like, dang, there's nothing in my field that I could even apply for. 
Now I have so many certifications that I could just apply for stuff and get certifications in the field that you're interested in. If it's music, get certified, get your your uh, bachelor's in music then, or start writing for movies. Like I remember one time when I was trying to get into into music in different fields, I went into Craigslist. This is gonna sound crazy, and I promise we're gonna get back on track. Uh, I went into Craigslist, went into actors. People looking for actors for their movies. I, and I emailed about 40 people saying, I'm not an actor, but I am a musician. And if you need music for your movie, I will do this for you. I got about 15 responses saying, yeah, how much do you charge? That quick. That quick. And I didn't, I have three movies that are on YouTube right now with my music behind them. You have three movies on YouTube that has your music as the soundtrack. Why don't I know this? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I. I hadn't thought about it until this very second. That's all. I hadn't thought about it until this very second. And that's hard. I assume you're going to send me some links. Oh, for sure. You know what's funny? I will send. I think I might have it in my, um, on my hard drive because she's like, it's only fair that I give you the completed film. So she gave me the completed film. But don't you think that our listeners would be interested in something like this? Is oh, this something you want to happen? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was getting at. You gotta be, oh, hey, man, that's listen, not gonna happen. You gotta represent, uh-huh. dude. You're a very you. What you showed me today, <laughs> I have this little keyboard. Oh and, goodness! And uh, Steve just got on there. I was my jaw dropped. Like you have a, a talent, dude, and I don't understand why you don't. I share appreciate. It with the I appreciate because you have Thank been you. telling me that you have a finished. Is it three EPs? I have a fin. No, I only have one. I'm doing three, but I only have I have about eight different songs completed. And you were t- and they're in the right order and everything. Okay, so the last conversation that we had about this, you had mentioned that you weren't sure if you wanted to like just drop them all at the same time. Yes, which I much. strongly and, think you shouldn't. And you made a fantastic point, um, where I was like, "Here's an idea for a cover," and you were like, "Yeah, I wouldn't stop and look at that." I was like, "Oh yeah, I am doing it so someone stops on a web page, aren't I?" I didn't think about that. I'm like, "Yeah, you want someone to be like, oh, what's this?" I just thought, eh, picture, mixture cover art whatever you're like well i wouldn't stop that wouldn't make me stop the page and click on what that is i was like oh i am doing dan is so smart people like dan has a thing for this but this is where his anal the, the his thing happens i'm terrible. like his magic happens in this situation where it's like if if anything else you'll be like how does this look he will he would not be able to stomach not telling me the truth if he's like, it looks great. Later on, he'll at least text me, and be like, you know, the more I thought about it, and then <laughs> I have he'll tell me what he meant to. Say. <laughs> then he'll say, "This is what I really wanted." He'll be like, "Then you know, the more I think about your cover art, I think that this, and I know that I'd get the, re- and not only that, but I think that it would make a difference. Where oh no, people would are would pay attention to that because you just haven't." An eye for that sort of thing. Just like, dude, oh, people. Okay, and then we're going to get into the show, but I got to let you know. When I walked into his house, I asked, hey, who's your interior decorator? And he's like, nobody, just us. And I'm one of the people that believe in feng shui. So when I walked in, it was very breathable. I felt very open, very free. And I was like, how did he make his house? And I was like, oh, he just has an eye for this thing. Because you were just like, oh, I just put things where they're supposed to go. That's not true. That is not true. You put things where they made sense. And the sense you made of it made a very breathable open space. Someone else would have put stuff in that place where it felt very closed, very dark. 
very weird, but the way you have it set up is a very breathable room. And I was like, I feel very comfortable here. And it's because your decorating style, your eye for that sort of thing. I don't think you give yourself enough credit. Well, I mean, thank you. I appreciate it again. I don't know. I, I just, I've never, first of all, I'm not the one that's really doing it. It's like, it's a kind of a team thing. You know what I mean? Um, of course, of course. But I don't know. I'll just say thank you, dude. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Mm. I don't know how to counter with this. You know, I'm not uncomfortable with a compliment. I just don't. You, Gail killed it too. Like whoever did. And it was weird because the pictures you guys put, like even you're like, I just put things where they were. I'm like, what about that picture on that slice of wall that exactly fits that wall? wall? Oh, well, you know. that would make the most sense though, right? Like you, no. what Steve's referring to is there's this one, it's a weird, the house was built in the 90s. So it's got some 90s I love it. shit about it. I love the that, little cubby hole for the TV. That, there's like these alcoves and shit. Yes. Like, it, I don't know if you noticed below, but where the consoles, the PS3, or excuse me, PS4 and all that is, um, I had put the shelves in for that purpose. But what those originally were for, I'm pretty sure, were those big ass speakers that you used to rock with your, with your stereo, your hi-fi. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, come like, on. That, that's my thing. It's, but I just, it, there's no speakers like that anymore. So I had to do something, but. It's such a good, and the thing is the wall, when you say, well, what else would we put there? Here's the thing. People would have put that slice of picture anywhere else on the open spaces of wall. You just saw that slice of wall fits this picture perfectly. That's what your brain saw. Other people would have been like, let's put a clock there. Your brain works differently. You and Gail's. It's not like we went out looking for a picture, though. It was just one that we had. And I was like, oh, this will fit. I mean, <laughs> I appreciate the, the detail you're going into, but it was literally like, this will work because it fits perfectly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I kept what I on mean? looking all over. The I was just like, interesting. And like everywhere I looked, I was like, you're painting a You're painting a very spectacular picture, but I, I do appreciate the compliments. I didn't get to see the bedroom, though, Jay. Yeah, that shit wouldn't happen today. I don't understand this. Because I, ha- I made my house look nice where you think all the messy shit went. Come on, Dan. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's just, it's, you know, like I said, Gail's been gone. She's been off on this like yoga retreat for the last <laughs> four days. Um, and it's apparently it's exactly what I thought it would be. You know, just anyway, I'm not hating on yoga. Oh, no, wait, we're going to know, brother. Just surrounded by yoga people. You know what I mean? Are you kidding? Just, I did not know she went to a yoga retreat. Yeah, she did. She better hope I don't run into her. She better Isn't pray. It? She's having a blast. I just oh, talked I to believe her a little it, while ago. But teasing is happening. I just got to wait to the right time and be like, because the thing is, I don't. If I say, if I run into her and be like, "Are your chakras in line?" If it's too long from now, she won't know what I'm talking about. I hopefully run into her fairly soon. <laughs> well, she's not. She's not to the point where she's like, "Namaste, Steve." Or yes, that's she's, what I was just, looking. She's been doing her. yoga for about a year. And not like hardcore, but I think she's getting more and more into it now because it makes her feel better, you know? I would go on a retreat right now. I need a retreat, Dan. I really do. Go to Solvang. That's your, that's your spot. That's a spot, but that's a spot that just makes me happy. I want introspection. So I was thinking about going to either Monument Valley or Joshua Tree. Let's go to Joshua Tree. I don't even know if they have it, but we can find some. Let's take ayahuasca. Let's see what happens. Bro, we'd be puking, dog. So? You'd probably be doing more than that. Here's I, hear the problem. I hear it comes out. You don't ends. mind puking. That's not a problem for you. I don't know about that, but I mean, you got to puke. You got to puke. Yeah, I haven't puked in 30 years. What? Uh, yeah, I haven't puked in 30 years. Jay. You're not a big drinker. Oh, I'm lying. Mostly- I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. You're right. The drinking days. I puked a lot in the drinking days. Like 18, 19. Yeah. I'm a very high strung cat. 
I don't know if I come off that way just like when you guys listen, but I am. I'm very high strung. And so I think my nerves in certain situations used to get to me. Quite honestly, getting back to the old job, that's where a lot of it came from. I, there was a, so there was so much stress. Uh, you know, here, do, do the impossible with nothing. And I need it done by tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like those kind of things. And I, it would really that's freak right. me out. So, yeah, I, I remember when I first started there, I lost 25 pounds. I was stressing out so hard because I'd never Goodness been in that gracious. position before. And yeah, it was a mess, but it was not a very, it was a hostile place. Things changed. It got better. And then this happened, of course. But no, I think mine is a nerve related thing as, as, as opposed to like, oh, Dan's sick. He's going to go throw up. But when I'm sick, I do throw up. Wow. Anyway, welcome well, to the show. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the show. If anybody else wants to know any more about his, uh, my employment his, his or my, situa- my throwing up, you know, Holler. There's only one way you could do that. How will they do that, Dan? Oh, Steve, I'm so glad you asked, sir. But see, I'm all out of practice right now, ladies and gentlemen. So just bear with me for just a moment. I think I'm ready to go. All right, Steve, you ready? I'm ready. Ah, it feels good. (laughs) It feels great, actually. (laughs) It works. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dan Ramirez. Check this shit out. If you want to get a hold of the Heroes of Noise podcast, simply do so. What's your problem? Just do it. Heroes of Noise podcast at gmail.com. That's just one way. If you like Twitter, we're there. Hit us up at, at Heroes of Noise Podcast. No, I take that back. At Heroes of Noise. And uh, you can reach me, Dan, at Dan Q Public, and my man, Steve, at, at SD underscore Hudson Music. I'm going to make it short and sweet, ladies and gentlemen. Bypass all of those things. All these things I was about to tell you, bypass them all. And then we're just going to go to heroesofnoise.com because right there is where you do everything. You want to subscribe to the show? Do it. You want to uh, leave us a voicemail? Do it. You want to check out past episodes? Do it. You want to hear? You want to hear the word? You know, the Unofficial Preacher Podcast? Maybe you've heard of this. It's our show. It's our other show. Do it. It's there, too. Um, trying to think what else you can do. There's all kinds of shit you can do there. And, you know, it's going to keep changing as we go. Just wait until I learn WordPress, because I'm not even there yet. But anyway, do all of that. And uh, while you're there, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take this down for just a quick second, because I, <laughs> I know I was debating on whether I'm going to do this, but fuck it, I'm going to do it. Uh, guys, if you would be so kind to uh, drop down to the end there, there's a little PayPal button. Click on that, but this is something I don't... I'm going to just tell you right now. Fuck this music. Let me turn it off. Guys, real quick. So, yeah, I've made light of the situation, but if you could, by any chance, temporarily, it's not something that we plan on asking a lot of, at least yet, uh, if any of you would like to go ahead and just go on to the PayPal site and, you know, drop a buck, drop $2 or something like that, it's not coming into my account. What it would do, it would actually... Uh, I just totally changed the tone. Sorry about that, Steve. But what it would actually do is uh, it would give us a means to, you know, help us pay for this show that we do. Help us pay for the website. Help us pay for um, Libsyn and all that kind of stuff. Drop a couple of bucks. We would be forever grateful. And, uh, you know, it's not something I'm going to keep asking you guys. I don't like to do that, to be quite honest with you. We're only going to ask if we need it. But it would really be awesome. So let me see. Do I still got music? Okay, so let's make it happy again. (laughs) And... There we go. See, now you can't be sad. So that's what I'd like you to do, ladies and gentlemen. But there's a guy on the other end of the microphone here. His name is Steve Hudson. I'm going to turn it over to him right now. Do it. I have some. Here's the funny thing. I have some good news for you. What's up? Do you really want to know? Of course I do. Dan, are you really wanting to know? You fucking with me right now, Hudson? Of course I do. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm just going to let you know. Ladies and gentlemen, we have some reviews to say. Oh, we do. We've had some reviews. That's, I mean, look, we've been asking for reviews, and when you do it, we're going to read them on. I don't know if you thought you were going to hide in the shadows. Did y'all think you were going to hide in the shadows? Y'all ain't hiding in those shadows. We're going to tell you all the awesome things you said. So number one, our first awesome review that we recently got is from Grr Noise. Now, I don't know what that means. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. 
Are you, you referring to I, no 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 no? Are you referring to iTunes reviews? Of course, dude. I thank you so much because I was like, holy shit, we got iTunes reviews. Yes, please, please, please. Grr noise. Now I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take a shot at what that means. Actually, I already know, but go ahead. Oh, shut up. Do you really know? I know this person through Twitter. And you know what Gurn always means? Actually, I don't know what Gurn always means, but I can tell you that he is the host, the co-host with, he's with a friend of ours, actually. He's a friend too now, but with our friend Melissa. Melissa, hi, Melissa, you out there? They are the co-hosts of Wild Pretty Things. Gurn always is the male host of that show. And uh, there we go. We'll catch you up. Thank you so much. And here's what he said. The following. Cool dudes, cool mix of contact, or cool mix of content. Do the thing. That's all you got to say, homie. We don't need a lot. We don't need a lot, homeboy. That's it. Short and sweet. I like what you t- I like your groove. I like what they would call the cut of your jib. I like this guy. He's got moxie. He does have moxie. Now, thank you very much, Gur Noise. And everybody, uh, uh, please uh, check out Wild Pretty Things. Originally, just, you know what, we'll plug it. Um, originally, what the show was, was it was covering Sharp Objects on HBO. Yep, I remember that. Sharp Objects is over now, so now they're just moving on to different things. They're just doing various movies. Matter of fact, I, I don't think they have a website yet, but if you are interested in hearing this, actually, you can go down. Another thing I should have put into the wacky music. If you go all the way down to the end of our page, you're going to see there are uh, some friends there that we have, and we would like you to click on these uh, podcasts and listen to them, but they are one of them. And right now, I think they're doing... I'm not entirely sure, man. I've been in this weird mopey thing. So, guys, my apologies. I do listen to you, but I'm looking real quick. Last episode dropped on October 4th. It's called Witch's Past, Haxon and the Witch. Check it out. They've done uh, reviews on Gone Girl uh, 13 with Holly Hunter and Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, they talked about, yeah, and then right there, then it's uh, that's where it ends, and it's all the uh, sharper object stuff, or sharp object stuff. I was going to try to say sharper image. Um, check it out, guys. I know I just completely fucked that up, but they're good. I like them. They're friends. And there's also on there, uh, this one's on hiatus, but it's our boys Johnny Bucks and Mick C doing Foom out of the yes. UK. And then our boy Sean at Horribly Awkward Podcast. Listen Come to this on. guy. This, this dude is, uh, he's personality galore. And because since we're talking about it, I haven't actually added them onto the page because I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't had this conversation. But we've been getting a lot of love from over the guys over at Pop Culture Leftovers, particularly Brian. And uh, I highly recommend you guys check out their show, too. Uh, it's fantastic. Brian's very knowledgeable. Uh, Jake's also very knowledgeable. And they have good banter. And they give you all that comic shit and much more. But uh, if you like our show, you're going to like their shows, too. And they're, they're fantastic. So check them out. We, our awesome, amazing show, also have yet another new iTunes rating. What? And it is from Don't Boon Doon Bo the Don't Boon Superfly 2. <laughs> Superfly 2, and huh? Here, here's what she says. He or she. I was going to say, is it he or she? Are you he sure? He or she. But man, a woman named Superfly kind of sounds dope, G. Maybe they need to do a Superfly with a woman. Anyway, um, it's really. Okay, here you go. She says he or she says or they or them. Superfly however says. However you identify yourself. It's really, really good. Oh, thank you. Number one, let's just start right there. Okay, look. I like what you said right there. <laughs> like, you stopped it right there. I like what you're giving me. I love it. Oh, already. If you just stopped right there, I'm just like chilling, kicking back, rolling in my six foe. Bon, bon, bon. I'm already chilling. But you go further. Here's what else you say. I love this show, exclamation point. Ladies and gentlemen, what are we talking about right now? 
What are we talking about? Say those, right say those words show. again, please. I love this show. That's awesome to hear, man. And that's not even, you know what? It, it, no, seriously, that is fucking awesome to hear. I'm glad that we are. It. I'm glad we're hitting someone right. You know what I mean? But please go on. The hosts have great chemistry and have some fun conversations. Thank you. The topics discussed are everything from comic books to being vegan. And that's what I love. Thank you. <laughs> I feel a connection with you right now. I feel connected with you right now, Superfly 2. Did you see some, I'm sorry. What were you saying, dude? I was chewing a burger. You're the worst. <laughs> I'm just kidding. One day I'm just going to steal your egg. Um, you never know what you're going to get, but it's always worth listening to. Keep at it, guys. Don't quit. That last part is big. Don't quit. We can't give up. I'm not giving up. up. I felt bad taking a week off, man. We're ready. Superfly 2, thank you. Seriously. We thank love you, you very much. And applause to Superfly 2 and Grrr Noise. Yeah, I was ready. That's right. And now back to our regular scheduled program. The doll, the news. So what are we going to talk about now, man? We've, it's, we've been gone and I, I've, I've got things to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Can I tell you some interesting news? Of course you can. So the other, the other day I was sitting there chilling, like last night, <laughs> and I felt, I felt the ground quaking. And I said, something's happening. Something's occurring that is about to change the game of comic book shows uh-huh. forever. This is going to like, be a beast. Dude, you, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what y'all don't understand. What we're about to talk about right now is the best trailer I've seen. Oh, am I going to say it, Dan? I was wondering. I'm not sure I share your opinion, but I loved the trailer. I think it's the best trailer I've seen since Black Panther. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I'm excited for it, and I'm excited for you, and I'm not disagreeing with anything. It looks spectacular. I mean, here's the thing. Well, first explain what I'm talking about, Dan. All right. Well, let's go back just a little bit further to last Friday, This uh, just a couple days ago. Uh, New York Comic Con's going on, or just finished up, yes. actually. And mm-hmm. I was very, very surprised to see this pop up. I have been following this little show that's coming out on Amazon Prime in 2019, and I'm not exactly sure when, entitled The Boys. You know, oh. it's this, this guy named, what's this, what's this guy's name? He's a real slacker. Garth Ennis. This is a oh. creation of Garth Ennis. This is The Boys. This is, if you guys like Preacher, and I know some of you like Preacher, and you haven't read The Boys yet, you got to... <laughs> Steve, <laughs> you got to do it. Just trust me on this. Just people read the boys. Trust. I, I, I hold on real quick, Steve. I actually wanted to say that I want you to give me your take on the boys because you are way more excitable. Even though I love it, you talk about the boys so much. I love hearing you talk about the boys. So please fill them in. So look, back in the day, what happened was I normally do this thing, and I've been doing it for years, where I look up uh, like best comic books of whatever year. And what happened was I I ran into a comic book called Preacher. I read the comic book. And at that very time, um, Preacher was the best comic book I'd ever read uh, read in my life. Bar none. By the time I was done, I said, there has been nothing that I have read that was that good. And I was like, anything Garth Ennis writes, I'm going to buy. Anything he's involved in. I'm going to get. So I search his name and there's another comic called The Boys. And I was like, what's The Boys about? And it's like, well, it's, a, it's pretty much about a motley crew 
of, you know, like what they are, there's when there's a huge superhero fight and these superheroes break the rules as in like killing people accidentally, they send in the boys to exact justice. Yeah, this is said, a, this is a period real quick just to elaborate on what you were just talking about. This is a, a I guess a period in time where superheroes are running amok. They're not even necessarily superheroes, but they have superpowers. They do wear superhero type costumes, but it doesn't necessarily make them superheroes. So it's that's the, that's the world that we're referring to. It's just it's it's very commonplace that these superheroes are running around and r- running amok and doing whatever the hell they want to do. Please, Steve, proceed. For sure, and it's a very interesting thing only because. It didn't sound interesting to me at all. No part of the synopsis sounded interesting to me. But I said, here's what I know. The man who just wrote the thing I just read is not going to put up bullcrap. That's what I know. So I read the first episode and the characters are as following. The head dude is named Billy the Butcher. That name is so accurate. It's insane. All these names are perfect for these characters, but that's Garth, man. These guys could not have been named anything else. There's Billy the Butcher, which is a good one. There's Huey Campbell. Huey Campbell is, <laughs> when you look at him, he looks like, um, uh, who's our boy? Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. And by the way, he was uh, the, the main reference for that character. I don't know. Totally. If it like, was looks exactly Simon like Pegg. Him. Exactly like him. And Simon Pegg was totally flattered when he found this out. And that gives, and, and for me, when you, Huey is just adorable. He's an adorable guy, and his story arc is so incredible from where he begins to where he ends up. It's absolutely mind-blowing. It's Garth again. Now, the next, I don't know why they named this next, the next guy's name. The next guy's name, the brother of the crew is named Mother's Milk. I know why they named him this. I don't know what made Garth and his stick with this name, but it works. It freaking works. And when you find out why he's named this, oh man, <laughs> it's so good. But this, he's, he's, um, you could tell that it's him and Billy that are like the boy, they're the dudes. They're the people that love each other. They're like the ones that have each other's back to the fullest. They have everyone's back. But when it comes down to the grain of things, it's him and Eminem. Um, so they're the, and the Frenchman, dope. The Frenchman's pretty much, what you think he's going to be. He's a French assassin, the best in the world. He can get in somewhere, get out. There's the female. There's no, mind you, there is no description for the female. She's a, what I imagine is Asian. She doesn't speak. And if she does, it just shows a, a, a bubble and it shows the Frenchman replying to her. It's pretty interesting, actually, because you're like, okay, what's the deal with this woman? And Again, these are the boys, and that, and you're you're not even scratching the surface. I can't. I yeah, can't no, 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 tell no. And I'm not knocking anything. you. Yeah, no, don't, don't tell him anything. Right. And oh, okay. What I will say is, I, I will, I will ruin just a little bit. One, one more thing for you. Um, on the other side, it is plain to see who they um who they based him off of. Um, the what was his name, dude? Um, there we go. All right. There's a guy named the Homelander. He's Superman. They can't call him Superman, obviously for total copyright reasons, but he's Superman. But imagine if Superman 
as wonderful as Superman is, was as evil as Superman is. And a chauvinist like, pig. In a show, like everything good about Superman, flip it on his head and make it the direct opposite. But in public, he's he's Superman. This guy is evil beyond evil, people. The stuff that he's done is gross. And there's only one group of people that A, know how evil he is and B, is willing to do something about it. His own, his own people know how evil he is, but they're like, yeah, but that's what we do. That's how we roll. Okay, Pete, here's what you don't understand. If you haven't read this comic book, I would recommend, I know you're saying, well, the movie's co- or the show's coming out. Don't wait for the show. Get this comic book. Just get it. Because um, it will not be a waste of your time to read this book. It is so well done. It's not a waste of time to read anything Garth Ennis touches. Uh, even Crossed. Crossed Ooh, was incredible. That's a good one, too. But um, again, if you have a chance to read The Boys, which you do, but if you have the extra finances to read The Boys, Go ahead and purchase. I dare. Here's what I dare you. Get book one. And if you don't like it, done. You will know right done. away if you're going to like it or not. Oh, within the first three pages, you're going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I did not know we were doing this. Now, I have been a fan, as Dan knows, of the boys comic book for a long time. So when the ground rumbled, I smelled amazing this coming. And brother, and the th- here's the funny part. I didn't even know the trailer was out because I'd been soaking in this travesty of a confirmation that we were seeing uh, this weekend. Really? But Dan said, hey, you might want to check this out. And I did, the da- I did the Steve thing where I was just like, all right, cool. You were falling into a pit of darkness. I merely shined a light. I was. Oh, pr- listen, dude. Okay. <laughs> y- I'm going to go forward assuming y'all have pushed pause right now. And watched the trailer for the boys. When it starts and we see Elizabeth's shoe, I said, wait a minute. <laughs> How did they pull her, Dan? How did they get her? She's for playing a, uh, a character by the name of Madeline Stillwell. That is, a, um, she's, I think she's the head of a company called Vought, V O U G H T. And who in the in the comic is a dude. Madeline Stillwell's in the comic. No, but I'm saying like I don't think that she held that position. Maybe she's not if as she's high the, up as I'm as I'm. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. Never but mind, okay. she's a she's a liaison with uh Bill the Bo- oh, Billy yeah, Butcher. Yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah, this case, okay, she's played cool. by Carl Urban. So again, another yeah. powerful name right there. They have a little um They got they have a relationship. That. Yeah, of course <laughs> they're, they're gonna going do to. that. And I'll be there because it's Elizabeth Shue. But anyway. Dude. She they, looked, and dude, here's the thing. She feeds them inform. She feeds the boys information, and then the yes, boys act. Bingo. On. And I love. Okay, so it starts out with her talking, and it shows the different people in the um. In They're the called seven. the seven. Yeah. I said, "Oh my!" But you know what's funny, Dan? What's that? I knew. Okay, first of all, you're not gonna find. Here's the only way you find the right Homelander, the perfect Homelander, is if you stumble across someone the likes of Christopher Reeve and Superman. If you trip over him, you find the perfect Homelander. Homelander is of the proportions that aren't normal. Christopher Reeve was of proportions that weren't normal. He was a big dude. We don't have that right. Yeah, he was a, and he was only 22, 21. He was a man child. And so we don't have a person 
that's going, unless you want an American gladiator, but you have to have someone with swag. And I think that's going to be an actor probably. And when I looked at who they got, I said, oh, I see what they did. What a great pull. I'm, He's I'm happy it. with the casting. I like it. I totally like it, dude. I love it. I love the color palette of it. Everything's going perfect. And here's what I'm thinking. It's going. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love to see the... And every character they're showing, I'm almost jumping off my couch. And then finally, she's like, something like, and that's Vought Industries. And it zooms out and it shows a TV. Oh, Dan, I don't even... I can't even... I can't, I'm getting goosebumps. They're, I'm getting goosebumps. They're glorifying the seven. You know, and, and they're... in. You know, you just have to picture like what what a superhero looks like in your head, you know, yeah. cape blowing and shit like that. That's what they're doing. Yes. And they're showing this whole crew of the seven. But as Steve had mentioned, and we're not going to give you too much detail, but the, the seven's a little dirty <laughs> and um, yeah. not all of them at first. But anyway, uh, so, that you know, they're glorifying the seven. And then that's the commercial. You don't know. Well, it is a commercial because she's like, hi, I'm Madeline Stilwell and for Vought, blah, blah, blah. And she's, she's talking about their mission. Then. You realize that it's, you know, commercial. They're not talking directly to you. They're talking to the uh, television viewer. Uh, I'm not saying this correctly. The pe- they're talking to the boys. Like the, vo- the boys, the crew are watching it on a television is what we end up finding out. Dan. Yes, sir. It switches around and shows you the boys who look amazing. Oh, amazing. Have you seen the poster <laughs> for the boys yet? No, dude, go to IMDb real quick. In fact, yes. guys, I mean, you know, a little, little, uh, off air magic. I got the link. Just click on the boys and look at the poster and you're going to think it's the fucking comic. No. Right. How perfect you know, is that, dude? You know, who Carl Urban kind of looks like there. Oh, go ahead. Dominic Cooper. With the, yeah, I can see that with the hair and the, and the, the beard. A little bit, but how cool is that? That if you were to like line up the Dan, comic Dan, version, I'm with, the shirt. I'm buying the shirt. Buying the shirt. Is there a shirt to buy? Are you I, just okay. going to find one? <laughs> Can you buy one like, for me? Oh, you, dude, you already know. If I find the shirt, oh, that's Laz Alonzo. I didn't know that was him. Oh, Laz Alonzo, ladies and gentlemen, Laz Alonzo's yeah, mother's, mother's milk. milk. He. Is a really good actor, number one. And I think, here's what I'm imagining they did. His swag is Mother's Milk. Because Mother's Milk is a monstrosity of a human being. They're going different. Carl Urban has the swag. They're, you know, oh, you know what? So we were right. What they did with Preacher it was on purpose. They chose different people to fit the swag of the comic book character. But I think... Okay, first of all, back to the trailer. So it zooms out, shows the boys, and they all look at the TV and flip off the TV. Here's what y'all don't understand. When you read the comic, that is the boys. Yeah, they didn't, that they didn't need to do much. You were like, oh, nope. Yeah, that's it. There the, they are. Because here's what they do. They don't talk a good game. They show up to your spot and be like, oh, all that jazz you were talking? Let's handle it right here. They don't have to do all this, oh, I'm going to show him. No, they don't. They show up and they're like, and the funny thing is in the comic, when the boys show up, 
they're like, oh, no, because they know, oh, we don't take prisoners. That's not (laughs) what we do. And if we do take prisoners, you're not making it out. We just need information. And what we will do to get that information knows no bounds. By any means possible. Oh, I can't wait. It's good. Okay, people, what you guys don't get is that this is the best trailer. The best trailer. Seth Rogen, you genius, you. He gets it. You get the boys. You get the boys. And anyone who has something bad to say about the boys trailer, don't know the comic. I will know off the jump. If they're like, eh, it was okay. I'll be like, oh, you don't know the comic, do you? Because that's what the boys would do. Because what you don't understand is they're not sitting there for more than 20 more minutes. They're like, who are we killing today? Who, 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 who are we handling today? And you saw how they were all, here's what you don't, under, well, you, a lot of y'all do understand. The big thing is they were sitting on one couch together. The reason they sit on one couch together instead of spread out is because this is a unit that is so close. All they got is them. That's it. All they have is each other. They're the, I'm not going to ruin it, but they're the only ones in the situation with the abilities that they have together. They're so close. It was a bigger room, tiny couch, all of them huddled up together like brothers and sisters, Jake. Come on. I'm trying to find like the cast and I see, I'm looking at the cast on IMDb, but I don't see them all there. Like I don't see the Frenchman and I know he's in it. Yes, he is. And I just don't know who's playing him. I'm trying to give you guys a rundown of who. I mean, because there's some good names here. I mean, we've got Carl Urban. We've got uh, Jack Quaid, who plays Huey. Which is good. Of course, Elizabeth Shue, Laz Alonzo. Uh, Who else we got? Malcolm Barrett is in it at some point. I don't know exactly what he's doing, but he's in it. Uh, And there's actually, quite honestly, there's a shit ton of people in this here. Because they have eight episodes that are dropping in 2019. Now, I am... Fingers, my, my fingers are crossed right now. Literally, they're crossed because I want this to be something that and I don't think it's going to be this way, but I want them to air it one week at a time because if they do that, I can pretty much promise you that we'll do a, a podcast for it. I already got the name and everything. We may still do it, but if it's like all dropped at one time, maybe we'll just do a segment every week. You know what I mean? Like a quick rundown, something like that. And I'm not going to want that thing doing once a week, bro. I, I it, want to watch it in a day. As do I. I really do, but I think it would be really, really fun to do a podcast about it, you know, because we, the way that we do preachers. We, well, we can do one, but we can watch them all and make separate podcasts for each episode because not everyone's going to be able to binge it like that. They will be able to watch it because they got work, they got kids, so they'll be able to watch an episode and then watch, listen to our episode about that episode. I want to just, I just want to see the name <laughs> come up on iTunes of what I have in mind, you know. What I have in mind for it. And you, you told me early on, like, shut up with that because someone's going to steal it. Dan, Dan, p- uh, people, Seth Rogen, it would take a monumental effort to screw this up now, but it's not going to happen. The color, okay, the color pal- palette from when they're showing the seven to when they show the boys even changed. The whole color palette. I think you're aware of this already, but if not, I think you'll really appreciate this. Do you know who the production designer is? Isn't it our boy? It's our boy, Dave Blass. From Preacher to fucking the boys, dude. I, I'm so stoked. That because now here's the thing. Dave Blass, was, he was very kind to us. Um, we would consider him a friend of the show. We haven't talked to him in a long time, but he was very cool with us when we were on The Word. 
he's just a great guy, but he's got this eye that's, I don't know, man. I mean, I got to be honest with you. Uh, season three of Preacher was was equally good, but I really liked what he did with seasons one and two. And not only that, but he's an Easter egg hider. So he'll put shit everywhere. It's, it makes it fun. And then, and mark my words, um, what is it? I think it's bl- at Blackhawk Design. Follow that guy, Dave Blass, D-A-V-E-B-L-A-S-S. Follow him. And as close. And when we start getting close to the boys and when we're really in it, he's going to be tweeting up a storm. I guarantee you he'll do this. And it's fun. It really is. He's going to show you shit like behind the scenes. He's going to show you, you know, look on the wall where you never would have looked in the scene and look what's hanging there. And you're going to be like, oh my God, it's that kind of shit. So... I am so excited for this, man. This is my most anticipated uh, series next year. Now, here's the thing. People, this is what we've been asking for. As well as the Umbrella Academy. But anyway, sorry. Like, here's the, like, uh, what happened was, oh, man, I should have smelled it coming. Uh, Seth Rogen was talking about how he was agitated with his production designer or his production, I'm sorry, his uh, production partner. Uh, Evan Goldberg, where he's just like, freaking, I'll tell you what, all these people are making all these Marvel movies because they wanted to make these Marvel shows years ago. Because what people don't, a lot of people don't know that, like, Blade gave Marvel life. Do you remember that? Yeah, it put him on the map. Put them on the map. He gets to know, but he was like, yeah, you know, after, you know, seeing that, and we're like, oh, well, there's a lot of underground um, comic book characters we can make things out of and they they said no and then all of a sudden now marvel's making billions of dollars and i could see why seth rogan would be mad he's like i was telling you this how long ago but then so then he's like he realized oh but wait a minute this opens up a whole different area where no one's doing comic book movies about this comic book preacher the boys we can just do those and i think he was totally right this is way more suited. Yes. And here's my, here's the thing. After seeing what he's doing with the boys, I would, I'm going to put it out there. How would you like to see an Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen produced Blade reboot? Oh, I'm I sorry. You're asking me it. or were you just asking yes, publicly? I'm asking you. Um, if they did it. Well, I think that if they would. They def- I think they would get the tone right to say the very. Thank least. you. There we go. You know what I there mean. We go. I don't know. I mean, it's they've always been pretty good with their script writing. You know what I'm saying. So I, I'm all for it. But I definitely think that they would match the tone to a T. To a T. As if they've they- now done with Preacher, they just totally. elaborated on, and they you know they expanded where truthfully it really did. And you know now that I look back on it, um, it really did need. You need to expand these characters they did this wonderful job with a character named tc if you don't watch preacher and they gave them not necessarily a backstory but they made him more human and this guy is um he's a, he's a piece of work but they made him almost lovable in a in a very good way like i wasn't disappointed with what they did um they get that kind of shit they give the backstory and they improve on characters that garth only had a panel to do it with you know what i mean or not necessarily one panel but uh you know they were literally two-dimensional characters they they he definitely made he just gave them something. And I want to look, see so bad what he does with the boys. I mean, look, they this do. last so season of... Th- huh? I said they do. It's not all Seth, of course. Yeah. Dude, what they did with this last freaking season of Preacher. <laughs> oh, man. And look, he's going to... And the thing is, I can't... I'm now ready for the boys. I'm now ready for him saying, uh-uh. We're not going to blast through this in the beginning and just give it all. No, we're going to might we might do a whole season of setup. I'm OK with that. I'm ready. I'm good. 
I don't mind a whole season of setup for the boys because you might need it to tell the story. And I'm okay. I'm ready to be have a payoff in season three. I'm perfectly okay with this. I trust him. Now I trust Seth Rogen. I trust him. He knows what he's doing. He's okay. You he were very. His... Um, oh, I was weary. You were dude. doubtful. Yeah, you were just. You just were keeping your distance. You didn't want to embrace. Yes. It. And now I just am so excited because this is what we've been asking for. We've been asking for these. Con- I mean, for you, like you read Preacher when I hadn't even. Th- I didn't know what Preacher was. How long were you saying? Gosh, this would be a cool show. From like day one. <laughs> it was that. That's it was just like, ye- that's I have years, to see dude. this come to life. Yeah, it was crazy. That's crazy. And so you finally got to see it come to fruition. And this must feel amazing, but it's also his life too. Seth Rogen's like, I've been wanting to do this for years. And the fact that he had meetings with people saying this wouldn't work. And then they literally 10 years ago said, oh yeah, let's do this thing and made billions of dollars off these comic book movies. He's like, well, great. I'm glad you finally caught up. But he's instead of getting mad, he said, well, I'll just do this other thing. Is he going to make a billion dollars? No. But what he will do is make rabid fans that are never going to leave the side of these characters ever. These people are going to have rabid fans. I wouldn't be surprised if Preacher also now starts having those rabid fans. The show. Oh, no, not at all. I think that this uh, season three actually did something. It, it was the best season without a doubt. Oh, without it a was doubt. one of my favorite seasons of TV this whole last year. Yeah, me too, My man. favorite seasons of TV. And we're not and just saying I, that because we do a podcast. No. I mean, we do a fucking podcast about it because of that. But yes. even we were surprised at how good they came off this last season. So good, dude. And I, I think that this, this trailer, I don't know what it is exactly about this trailer. It's tone. But it has to be the tone, right? Because when I saw it, it connected with me on such a deep level where it's just like, not only does he understand something that I love so much, he's like, let me show you how much I get it. Just the flip off at the end. We're not going to be like, let's show the boys putting on their leather jacket, doing this. Uh-uh, these aren't your type of heroes. They're sitting on the couch looking at the TV. They all at the same time flip it off with this cavalier attitude and it hits the boys. Bro, come on, man. We're ready. Oh, it's coming. And I We're can't ready, tell you how excited baby. I am to see Elizabeth Shue again. Seriously, like I love Elizabeth Shue. She looks amazing, dude. She looks, she amazing, looks amazing, and she's Fantastic. a great actress. Totally. And, you know, even though the movie disturbed me for a long time, I loved her in Leaving Las Vegas with Nick Cage. She's I've just, never seen that movie. Shame oh, me. you want to get bothered, bro? Watch that movie. That's a whole other tangent. We won't go on, but uh, check that movie out. <laughs> Wasn't she an Invisible Man with Kevin Bacon too? I think she was. I think she was. And we all know her originally. What was her first thing I knew her from? Um, I believe she was it Allie. Is her name Allie? I got the name Allie in my head for another reason, but I think it was Allie from, uh, if anything, it was a karate kid. It was Daniel LaRusso's girlfriend. Oh, that's interesting. That yeah. would be her, wasn't it? Yep, that's her. Well, you have a good memory, dude. Oh, I've just seen I've the movie always, 900 times. I've never times. seen a movie that, I haven't seen a movie from her that I'm just like, that. she sucked at it. If the movie sucked, it wasn't her fault. She was a She's big a time child. childhood crush, though. Was she really? Oh, yeah, I loved it. As soon as uh, Freaking Karate Kid came out, man, I was all about this girl. Now I feel bad. I'm trying to find out her name. I think it's Allie. That's what sounds right to me. But now I just See, my, I think my girl back in the day was uh, Danica McKellar. I can't even tell you who that is, bro. Um, uh, homegirl from um, Wonder Years. Oh. <laughs> what the hell was her name on that show? Long it hair, right? Yeah, it wasn't Penny. It Winnie. Was, uh, Winnie? 
Winnie, Winnie yeah. Cooper. Winnie Cooper, that's it. I was into Winnie Cooper, dude. And then later on, it was six off of Blossom. Oh, you like six, huh? Dude, she was super bad. <laughs> How old were you when you were watching this? You told me it was like 15, last week. I'm going to be a little upset. 15 or 14. And she had like, um, <laughs> she had, <laughs> she had uh, attributes that I didn't see very often in San Luis Obispo. Um, come on, man. You got to elaborate. Um, she was thick. Ah. I didn't see very many thick white girls that had it all there in San Luis. Well, that's a good thing. Congratulations on that. You discovered something. Oh, dude, six was the big, and she could sing. I can, I can barely see her face in my head, but I know exactly who you're talking about. That was her best friend. Her name was Jenna Van Oye. Jenna Van Oye was her name. Oh, she was dope. <laughs> yeah, her, yeah, six, six and um, Danica McKellar. And then they both, I mean, look, Danica McKellar ended up having like a, a, a doctorate in math or something. She ended up getting a doctorate in math, and she still looks amazing, too. She still looks the same. Taste. She just looks older. Yeah. And I uh, have good taste. Jenna Van Oy looks different, but I still have good taste. Blossom looks exactly like, the same. Did you like Blossom? The show? Or yes. the character? Blossom um, the show. You know, I saw it, but it was never anything that I was like totally into, because I just think it was that period. You know what I mean? Like we ha- I have a couple years on you. So I think it was just in that period of time where I just wasn't really interested in it. If it was on, yeah. I would probably check it out. But it wasn't like one of my joints. You know what I mean? It wasn't the show I turned to all the time or anything like that. You know, is there but was a many people did. I loved that. I, I used to, um, uh, my aunt was in the music business and I used to live with her for a while in LA. So I'd meet a lot of people. Like I had dinner with Bobby Womack one time. Um, but uh, I used to be in the elevator a lot with uh, that, the husband or the dad on that show. Oh, was he scary looking in real life? Um, no, he looked very uh, daddish. Like it was surprising in my brain how old he looked in real life, and I was just like, "He looks older." He just and has, that would make he had such a serious ma- look on his face. All the he time. did, he did. But you know who? Uh, I think the uh, the most amazing because I was just like, "Oh my gosh, she's beautiful." It was Vanity. I was in the elevator with Vanity at the apartment complex. Check you out. And I was like, "She is no, 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 but." Vanity, dude, is an abnormal. She was an abnormal beauty, not normal at all. Just for a fourteen-year-old to be into her, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, she's a beautiful older lady." How did we get here? I'm trying to remember. Oh, we how did we get here? We were talking about Elizabeth Shue, Blossom, Ch- gotcha. Elizabeth okay. Shue, right. and you said, "Oh, I'm a. This is my childhood crush." I can't believe Elizabeth Shue was your childhood crush. She what? was just one of many, man. You had many. You didn't have one main. Dan, how dare you? I was too you busy. have one that's main. I was too busy looking good. No, I'm just kidding. I saw Enter the Dragon. That's a line out of Enter the Dragon. No, I was not. You know this to be a fact. You Wait. know this, bro. Enter the Dragon? Enter the Dragon, I said. That's, okay. that's one of the lines. I'll be too busy looking good. I just watched that this week. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Love it. Oh, can you do that? Okay, I'm sorry, people. We're about to go on a tangent. Can Uh-oh. you do the quote? Are we going to, though? Are we going to go on a tangent? Looking, Maybe looking I'll just steer it, us back. Yes. There, no, it, this is a quick tangent. All right. Dan, can you do that? Because <laughs> me and my boy, we've been misquoting it for years. Where it, Ever so often, we'd be sitting there. Um, I'd be like, hey, man, look at that craziness. And he'll be like, don't look at that. Look at the sky and all this heavenly glory. And oh. I was like, oh, we've been misquoting it because you did it. And I'm like... We did it wrong, but I think we used it to our purposes and made it a different, uh, a different quote. But go ahead and give the whole speech. 
You know, I probably could. If you let me pause for a second, I could do it over the actual movie. Oh, oh my goodness. Do you got to do that? Okay, I will. But, you know, I might be off a second or two. It's been a while. I used to I used to be able to recite this movie by heart. So Dan, we're going to pause for just a second. Even kind of good. Okay. I'll do it. I'm leaving. No, I'm I got leaving you the house. Just give me a second. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go pause for a second here and I'm going to try not to make an ass There's out of myself. There's no way this is going to happen. There's no way you're going to be able to quote that whole street, that whole thing. Oh, sir. Just watch. Okay. We're going to pause. We'll be right back. I'm saying, okay, go ahead. Okay. Here we go. You ready? All right. Here we go. It's Lao's time. Oh, I missed that part. It's Lao's time. Here we go. <clears throat> So Lau walks up to him and he says, kick me. Kick, kick me. me. Kick, kick me. me. Lau throws a kick. He goes, Whoa. What, what was that? that? An, An exhibition? exhibition? We, we need emotional, emotional content. content. I'll try again. Try again. Here we go again. I said emotional content, not anger. Now try again with me. He's getting ready to throw a kick. One. Listen to this. Sound effects. Oh yeah, that's it. How did it feel to you? Let me think. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing its way to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. Do you understand? So now they're going to bow. Never take your eyes off your opponent, even when you bow. That's it. Now, I just, you got to hear this dope-ass song real quick. He looks over at the guy they called him, Mr. Braithwaite. He nods. And here we go. Lay low shrippin', ladies and gentlemen. I think you get the idea. I can do this all day long. Dan. Dan. Listen to this shit real Listen to this shit right here. Come on. Dan. All right, I'll turn it off. I told you I could do it. You need to push. Hit the applause button. All right, I'll hit the applause button. Because, you know, I really do kind of deserve that one. Dude, Thank that you. was insane. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That I've was watched this insane. movie. Insane. I believe it's like 98 times. Oh my God. And it just goes on from there. Like, I can literally do the sound effects to the movie. Dude, that was so, okay. I'm not easily impressed by shenanigans. <laughs> my uncle that and I used to do this every day. Impressive. Thank you. We used to do this literally every day. My uncle lived next door to us and we would come over and watch it on VHS and we would just recite this movie. He was a huge Bruce Lee fan. He got to meet Bruce Lee. He did karate and he was just, he worshiped Bruce Lee. So he beat this movie into my head 
to the point where I could pretty much like I'm rusty now. That part is one of my favorite parts to quote. But um, as it is, I think a lot of people. But yeah, I, I knew at one point in time, I knew this movie from back to front. Every single fucking sound effect. I'm not exaggerating it at all. In fact, I was watching it with Gail the other night. And she'll vouch for me. She was just tripping out because I was like doing it to the point. She's like, OK, <laughs> all right, that's, that's enough. And I was just I just kept going and going and going. Dude, that was amazing. Thank you. Is there a movie? I can, oh, you know what movie I can do that to? What's that? Timing and everything? Um, I could do it with Dead Presidents. I could do it with Friday. I know quotes from Friday. I could not do the movie. I could do, I could do, I could do that, uh, the movie for, 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 you know, you know what's sad what I could do it to? What's that? Oh, you're about to make Now you up. realize that I can put you on the spot, right? Ooh, <laughs> could I do it that good? Ooh, I, I, I'd have to give you. I'd have to give you the scene. I'd have to give a scene. I, I'll like, let you hey. get in the. I'm putting you on the spot. I won't do that to you. But one of these days, no, there, give um, me your movie, and I'm going to put you on the spot. When Harry met Sally. Oh, give me when Harry met Sally. Yeah, just let me know. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. I literally quote when Harry met Sally because it's my. It's literally. It's my. It's tied for my favorite movie of all time. I can watch it over. And over and over again. I think it's the perfect romantic comedy. Perfect. It's a great movie. Perfect. I, I don't actually have that one handy, so you, you luck out today. But now Did that you? I know that, I'm going to pull oh, that shit Oh, yeah, for sure. It's so good. And then with Harry Connick Jr. doing the, the soundtrack, that's where he got his lift off. You know, you've that talked about this movie several times, actually. You, I'm going to have to watch it again. I loved it. I remember, you know, when I saw it, I loved it. But it, I don't have it in my memory bank to where I couldn't tell you the opening scene, any of that stuff. It's not there. But anyway. You're gonna, yeah, so we, we should have a listen. We should have a watch party. <laughs> I'm glad we went on that tangent, but let's steer it back now. All right. So what's the next thing you want to talk about, Dan, Mr. Quotable? Look mm. at the sky. All right. So October 5th was a fantastic day for entertainment, all right? I mean, we had A Star is Born come out. Um, notice I said that first. I'll talk about that later. I noticed uh, I noticed Uh-huh. Venom came out. <laughs> Have not seen that yet, but I plan on seeing it on Tuesday. So why do you say it's um, a fantastic day? Because it was a fantastic... There was things that people wanted to see. It brought people to the theaters. It brought okay, people to, you. you know, to download certain things. They brought them to... Mm. You know, they're kind of non-existent now, but they brought them to the record I'm stores. So yes. that's what I'm saying. There's lots of entertainment okay. that was coming out. Um, Netflix, okay. of course, anything. But um, I was uh, super surprised. Not surprised. I wasn't surprised at all. I've been waiting for this fucking thing. I pre-ordered it. Uh, my favorite band, I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about this before, Coheed and Cambria, came out with their ninth album, Steve. And um, I know that I have... It's, it's, first of all, it's entitled... It's Because, okay, I'm babbling, but you'll understand why. So let's go back for just a second. Now, Coheed and Cambria, they're a band that has based all but one of their albums on a story that the singer and guitar player Claudio Sanchez created, which is called the Amory Wars. Okay, He grew up on Amory Street. He applied a lot of his family into the comic. Um, he went to France to live with a, his girlfriend. And uh, he, while he was there, he would look out the window while he wrote. And there was this place called The Bag Online, which was, a, um, it was like a laundry place. He liked mm -hmm. that name, so he ended up first calling it the Bag Online. I think it was like the Bag Online Comics or something. I know someone's like, no, it's not that. It's I don't care. Bag Online is what I'm getting at. And in that little world he created, he, he basically wrote a comic series for each album. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the way it panned out is that they did the album, and then they would go back and do the comic. But he had these stories in his head. Coheed mm -hmm. and Cambria are a married couple that uh, they are 
wow, this is like one of those stories. It's like trying to explain Preacher. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's this crazy space. It's very Star Wars-y. So if you like Star Wars, um, I think this would be something that's right up your alley as far as the good and evil. And, um, but it's super dark. Like at one point, it's not really saying too much because it's a very small part of the story. But Coheed and Cambria, uh, they actually have to kill their kids. <laughs> and there's there's a reason for it. There's this virus called the Monstar virus, and it's carried by these dragonflies. If you know Coheed, they have a lot of dragonflies on their covers and stuff like that, um, at least for the second stage turbine blade, which is I, I'm going to start saying a bunch of shit that people aren't going to talk about, Steve. So I'm going to kind of narrow it back down again. OK, um, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. But anyway, uh, so all of their albums, save for one, are based on this saga. And uh, the one that I'm talking about that's not is called The Color Before the Sun. During that time, uh, Claudio and his wife, Chandra, had a baby. And they got married and they just, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, reverse that, reverse that. But they had a baby and they, they, he was, um, I think he was really kind of flirting with, do I want to continue to do this or not? And he ended up writing this very personal album. And depending on who you talk to about that, uh, it's not everyone's favorite because it doesn't go with the space saga. You know what I mean? The Amory Wars, mm-hmm. it doesn't go anywhere near that. So a lot of people kind of poo pooed that album. And there's another one also called the, uh, Year of the Black Rainbow, which is like a prequel to all of this. And a lot of people didn't like that one either. I personally did. Um, So now, after that one album, The Color Before the Sun, the non-Saga album, they're back with, it's called, okay, it's a continuation of the story, but now it's different characters. And it's uh, it's called Vaxis Part 1, The Unheavenly Creatures. Vaxis is the son of these two characters. Um, I kind of want you to hear this real quick. I don't want to play a lot of it because, you know, I don't want to get in trouble or anything, but I kind of want you to hear the beginning, the intro. Would you mind, Steve? Sure. Here we go. This is the intro. No, no, there is no time. Space. I stopped it because I don't want to. I, I kind of don't want to, you know, get in trouble here. But just isn't this kick. It, it went in anyway, so fuck it. Just hear this part. better and better and better and better 
this album is i don't know how much you heard of that because it's on skype but they're not fucking around when it comes to storytelling do you know what i'm saying oh no they're serious no they take that shit very yeah. very seriously and yes. really it's it's claudio sanchez he's the one that he writes the music he creates these characters he brings it to the band and the band then start you know he's got like a skeleton of what he wants but of course these guys are such great musicians they end up producing just this amazing music i fucking love this album uh, it was worth the wait uh, back in may they started releasing what you just heard and the song that mm-hmm. i just turned off right now and i'm like oh shit i'm in and then they released another one called the title track called Heavenly creatures and it had a real different sound to me at first there was some synth in it uh it had a very like how was i putting it back then you know how like in the 80s there were those songs that and I don't want to go off on another tangent because I totally could. But there were those songs that were like, um, we got to get away. We got to run away from everything. The two of us together. You know how there was a lot of those kind of songs going on back in the 80s? Like Phil Collins mm-hmm. did one. Uh, Pat Benatar did one. It, there was just a lot of those kind of songs. That is very much what it sounds like. It sounds like if uh, someone that said it sounded like a Bon Jovi song, old school Bon Jovi. I don't know. But it definitely sounds 80s. And I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. You know, like, because, but that's how I am with this band. Um, they, they produce such great music especially in the past that you always kind of want to like tie them to that, but that's not how a band grows. I mean, I think you would, you would understand that. Like you, would you be happy playing the same style of music for the rest of your life just to please fans? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm asking. Yeah. I'm asking you. So they, they, what they've done with this, uh, go ahead. No, here's the thing. I love, here's what, 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 from what you're saying, cause I'm letting you, I want to let you wax poetic, but I want to know just up until this point, am I hearing this right? He's never addressed the fact that fans were kind of disappointed in what his creative outlet was. Not to the never best of my knowledge. It. Okay, I like that because he kept doing his thing. Oh no, he's definitely like fuck you, like you, and that's wow, the thing. That's interesting. Okay. I mean, they oh. they love their fans. They're good to their fans, and they do this shit because that's what the fans like. They're very very friendly to their fans. I've met these guys on several occasions. They're super. They're sweet guys. You know what I mean? They're just really nice. They're if you're not bugging them, they'll take pictures with you and shit like that. They're just they'll hang out by their tour bus. And matter of fact, we went and saw them in Sacramento, and uh, we were just leaving the show. We were walking around the corner and. Uh, Zach Cooper, who's the bass player, was just hanging out, just talking to people and shit. We had a big conversation. I just bought a new iPhone, and we were talking about the iPhone. They're just good dudes, you know what I mean? Um, but back to the albums, yeah, they've never really wavered from it. And I think that's exactly why Claudio Sanchez said, screw it. Let's just do this Color Before the Sun album that has nothing to do with the saga because it's my band. I'm going to do what the hell I want. I think at first mm-hmm. he was kind of thinking he was going to just do it like a single, like a uh, not a single, but like a solo album. And he just ended up utilizing it for a Coheed album. And I think it was a very smart decision. It showed that they have growth. They have range. We've always known that for fans of, of Coheed and Cambria. But they just did a little something differently. And whether or not fans like it because it's not part of the Amory Wars, it's undeniably a ta- it's very creative and talented album. It's just that uh, people tend to like, they like what they like. You know what I'm saying? And so they're they're you know, if you go onto like the fan pages or anything like that, you hear people bitch about that album a lot. But then again, like the other half of them just love it. I'm one of those people. So but now we're back to Vaxis part one. That's the voice you were hearing. Okay. Was Vaxis. Okay. And, he, and he tell and so anyway, um the first album is called The Unheavenly Creatures. I really don't think there's a bad song on this album, to be honest with you. And it's just I think I've maybe heard the whole thing in full rotation, probably I think I'm on my fourth listen, and it just keeps getting better. And better and better. In fact, I, I was so like jazzed about this album. I think it was on Friday night. 
I came home from work and now, you know, I get off at midnight and Steve's always up. So I'm like, dude, you got to listen to this album. You got to expecting Steve to have the same passion about this band that I had. Like I told you yesterday, I was expecting you to just suddenly fill 15 years of void where it's not there. You don't have the experience with this band and, and appreciate it the way I did. Um, obviously, you can't do something like that. I was just like really, really like out of my shit about it. I really wanted you to hear it. But I think that it's something that if you are a true Coheed fan and you've kind of followed the career they are back to something. I don't want to be, I want to be careful with my words because they have returned to a certain sound. They're a very proggy kind of band. Um, but what this album is, it's like an amalgam of, of all of their albums, including the last one musically. And they have just done it in a fashion where it's not like they're like, okay, this, this song sounds like color before the sun, or this one sounds like, you know, uh, their titles are so long, but it sounds like this one or that one. They have just taken these ingredients and just like anyone does in life, you know, you just, you've just, infuse it all together and you're just this is this is who i am now is what i'm getting at you know what i mean all of those things you might hear traces of this or that but this is where we are now and they have put out this honest impressive album that i really cannot tell people enough about um i was having a conversation with some people on the uh on the uh on facebook rather and just like check this album out like listen to it and people are like eh, i was kind of into him back in the day but i'll give it a shot because i just kept talking about it and talking about it and i like won all these people over i think you saw that conversation actually um, i did yeah and you know so i'm glad i think this is a very heavily like people are really responding to this album and i think what i was about to say earlier is coheed you know because they don't change they're every time they go back on the tour cycle for an album you see the growth in the fan base they started off very small, very niche, very, you know, like, oh, I know who Coheed is, but you don't, that kind of thing. And then they just kept growing and growing and growing. I don't think that they will ever get to the point where they're selling out, like, you know, Wembley or something like that. They're not going to go Foo Fighters big, but this band is continually growing. Now, back to this album. Um, it's a new saga that they have. They're starting it from scratch. It's all about this Vaxis person. And they're, it's just part one of a five-part series, which means over the next 10 years, they're going to put out five more albums. That's pretty impressive. All that based is on this story. Impressive, dude. Now, you know, whether or not the, the music is there like it is now, I'm sure it will be. They've never really disappointed me to the point where like, I, I'm just done with this band. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm very much looking forward to that. So I honestly, Coheed is a thing where when I start talking about it, I start giving you all these names. And if someone's listening out there that's a Coheed fan, I think you know what I'm talking about. I start doing all these names, and it's going to lose a lot of people that are not familiar with it. What I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is you need to go out. And check this album out. I think this is a good one to check out if you're new to Coheed and Cambria because Claudio Sanchez has a very particular voice. It's very uh, it's very high pitched, and but back in the day, it was super high pitched. And a lot of people have compared him to um, Getty Lee of Rush uh, because he's got a very high pitched voice too. And I think that's really the only similarity. But a lot of people, oh, that's like a Rush band. It's not like Rush at all. And as he's grown and matured, his voice is stronger. It's still high pitched, but it's not like you know, um, this is what I'm looking for. It's not like abrasive to your ears to some people that they would say that I I've always enjoyed it. Um, they're definitely not for everybody, but I think that they kind of are like, they're starting to be this band. That's very accessible. I think Steve, if you were to just sit down with some headphones and be open-minded about it, I even think that you would really appreciate this album. I'm going to tell all you people right now, I'm going to say the name again, cause it is a long one. Coheed and Cambria Vaxis part one, the unheavenly creatures, pick this album up, check it out. If it's something that you think that you can fuck with, you need to start kind of, you don't have to, but I recommend if you're sort of not used to this type of music, maybe go back to an album called The Afterman and then work your way forward again. But if you really want to see what Coheed's about, go all the way back to the beginning 
and just listen and see and, and amaze yourself with the progression that this band has made over the years while still keeping true to their form. You know what I mean? I can't say enough about this band. They are my favorite band. And uh, I'm going to try and turn anyone I can onto this. So again, Coheed and Cambria, Vax's part one, the unheavenly creatures go out and buy that shit right now. I think it's on sale for like nine 99 and you can, if you have like Amazon unlimited, uh, you can listen there. Uh, you can listen, you can find it anywhere. It's not like it's this rare album to find or anything. And I think y'all will be impressed. So that's my take on that one. If that wasn't a cosign, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what to tell you. That is one of the heaviest cosigns I've ever seen Dan give. That's me trying to keep it to a minimum, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm like trying to cut up my sentences because I can just go on and on and on about this band. I even have Which their logo okay. tattooed on my arm. Yeah, you have the tattoo. Like, I don't, I don't even have Stevie tattooed on me. That's a heck of a thing. It's all based on the story. There's something called a keywork which is this, uh, this energy that binds all these planets together. When he was creating this for one of their albums, he had asked this artist, hey, man, I got this idea. This is what it is. Um, and it's this energy that's bond- you know, binding all these planets together. Can you like work up a logo? And the dude sent back like the sickest logo ever. And he was like, that's it. I'm taking this shit. I'm going to go tattoo it right now. And uh, it's kind of a thing. I-, I really didn't see myself doing this, but it was like, oh, you know, I don't want a tattoo. I think I'm going to just get like just on my arm. I'll just put like the logo. I was going to do one of those things where like, you know how like people in the tattoos, it looks like you're pulling the skin back and then there's something inside the, the tattoo. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like a 3D tattoo. I wanted something like that. I wanted to have I wanted to have that symbol in space just like resting in, in my arm. But it, we ended up going ape shit. And now I have half sleeve. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love the band. <laughs> what can I say? I, I do. I really do. I love this band very much. And um, I'm proud of my tattoo, too. I like it a lot. Uh, what was there's one more thing? Oh, yeah. If you're interested in kind of getting like the. You know, the the bits that what am I trying to say? Like the you want to get to what Coheed's about and where they came from. There's a very, very interesting rock documentary that you can find on YouTube, and it is called The Fiction Will See the Real. Um, They released when was this? I don't know. I think it was like around 2008 or something like that. And I'm probably off on my year because I'm just coming up. You know, I'm saying this off the top of my head, but they do this. They did this uh, event. I'll call it an event. They did it on the East Coast and the West Coast, and they called it the Never Ender. And what they ended up doing was playing their first four albums in their entirety over four nights. And uh, in that, in this box set that I bought, there was a DVD, and that's where it came from. It was called The Fiction Will See the Real, and it is the story of Coheed and Cambria. It's a very interesting story, by the way, because they've had different members, and uh, a couple of them fell off and quit the band because of like drug usage and things like that. And then uh, one of them came back. His name is Josh Eppert. He's the drummer. And this dude's like, he was like a kind of a heavier guy, you know, like in the time off. And now he's like just yeah. all in shape and like happy and clean. And uh, he also does a, he's also does hip hop as well. It's called weird science. Check that out. If you're into oh, that. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's pretty good too. Um, but it just tells us a really, really amazing story of how uh, Claudio came up with all of these characters, how he bases the character of Coheed on his dad. Is it on his dad or is it on uh, Coheed's brother? Anyway, check it out if you're interested in that. But his dad was a uh, a heroin addict. And he grew up, you know, with his dad as a very functional heroin addict. And uh, so the injection of this virus that I was talking about by these, you know, these um, dragonflies are kind of like a reference to the needle going into the arm. It's very, very personal, man. Like, this is something that I can't just sit down and explain, as you probably have guessed by now. You can't just sum it all up like that. And there are people out there that are way bigger Coheed fans than myself. And I'm a pretty big fan. But these people, like, go fucking into it. Because, again, the al- the comics go with the albums. It tells a story. They're all concept albums. So, again, fiction will see the real. It's on YouTube. Check it out. It's It's really interesting if you like rock documentaries. It's one of my favorite ones, actually. 
Okay, and now I am officially done talking about Coheed. Applaud this man. Applaud this man, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you won me over to at least listen to the album. I really think you should, man. I mean, again, you're not going to know the whole geeky part gonna, of it. Yeah, I'm but, not going to But know the listen canon. to it from a musician's standpoint. That's what and I'm I, And I'm very curious to see what you say about it. Because, I mean, uh, uh, regardless, I mean, because I think it's kind of intimidating to come into the middle of a story. But musicianship-wise, it's going to be an easy listen because I could tell that they're really, at least they're really good musicians. Um, and you've, like I said, you already hit me to another band that's one of my favorite now is Foo Fighters. The thing that was easy about Foo Fighters is there, you can come into the middle anywhere and it's just songs about what's ever happening at the time. So it's not like, okay, I got to know the canon in order to get this. So it's going to be intimidating, but I'm still going to check it out because my boy gave the biggest cosign. You gave more of a cosign to them than you have for Foo Fighters. You just said, hey, let me give you Foo Fighters. I think it's because of the storytelling and because I've met these guys and I just think they're just genuinely nice guys. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah, Claudio is yeah. also a comic writer, not only for the Amory Wars, but he also does a series with his wife uh, called Translucid. And that's something I need to get to you because I think you would totally dig that, Steve. Uh, he also does another one called Kill Audio, which is about this little, this little troll uh, that just wreaks havoc. Kill Audio, Claudio, that's what it comes from. It looks just like him. I've, I'm looking at a vinyl figure I have on my desk right now. It's, it's pretty cool. And then there's another one called The Key of Z. And this one is a, this is the one I really want to get to. It's a zombie story. I should have gotten it today at your house. You know what? I just completely forgot, but it's here for you whenever you want it. Hmm. So yeah, there's lots, there's a lot to unpack with this band guys. And I, I really, I guess I said I was done with Kohi, but I'm not check it out. Now I'm done. <laughs> That's Cody and Cam- Cambria, ladies and gentlemen, check them out. That's Kohi and Cambria, everybody. Are they, are they on iTunes? Are they on Apple music? I believe so. I don't really do Apple music, but I, you can find them on iTunes for sure. Done deal. If I spent iTunes, crazy money on their box set. I'm still waiting for it. It should be here on Monday because they had to, they had to repackage it. They had like a defect in the foam, but okay. it comes with like, it's, it comes with a book telling the story. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the shit it comes with. It comes with, they give this thing called the, uh, I think it's called the black card. It used to be called the mm-hmm. black card. And if you have this card, you can go into their shows early and they usually will do like a, a perform, like a, they'll do a couple songs or something like that before everyone else gets in, you go get your merch and then you find a good place and you're good to go. Uh, they also do in the, there's a video for unheavenly creatures and you will see these people wearing these masks. I'm not going to get, if I start talking about it too much, then we'll just keep on this, but you'll, um, these masks that they're wearing they're and they're fucking dope. And you, you get one of those masks that come in this box. There's all kinds of shit. I'll talk about it when I get it in next week, probably. Can't wait, brother. What else you got? Oh, man. All right. I'm on. Let's see. I've seen a lot this week. So do you want me just to keep on going, brother? I guess you do because you just asked me. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Next up, there was a movie that I wanted to challenge myself to. I was listening to Pop Culture Leftovers and uh, Brian, the host, was talking about a movie that a lot of people have been talking about. I've heard a lot of podcasts talk about this movie. It's a Nick Cage movie. It's his newest one, and it is called Mandy. Steve, have you seen this? I wanted to. No, I have not, but I've heard mixed review because you know how you wait to see a movie um a for me if there's super duper mixed reviews i normally wait for it to come out on like netflix because and then the only other reason that i would watch a movie like this is if i wanted to be in the conversation and there's not enough of a conversation about mandy for me i'm gonna be honest with you i watched this movie for the exact same reason i wanted to be in the conversation and i wanted to make the call on what i thought of this uh brian gave it a super super high review 
I've heard a lot of people do, but then the, the other people will be like, yeah, not buying it. I'm like, okay, this is a divide. No one said it was okay. You either love it or you're just like, I don't get what people are seeing in this movie. Look, when I listened to him review this, yes, I was like, fuck, I got to watch it now. Like, I have yeah. to see if it's as good, you know? So now I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. Mandy is a trippy movie. It is not for everyone. I'm going to tell you that right now. It is a very trippy movie. Uh, it's very artsy. Uh, there are lots of um, the, the, the use of the color red in this movie a lot. Like it's, it, you know, it's intentional, but it's and it's got this real kind of 80s feel about it. Not 80s in the sense of like, say, Stranger Things or something like that, but it's just the way that it's shot. The music, very interesting soundtrack. And um, the first half of this is kind of quiet. Like there's not a lot going on. Nick. Cage starts off a very sedate guy. What he is, it's a. It takes place in 1983 in this place called Shadow Mountains, and Nick Cage is a lumberjack. He has a, I believe it's his wife. Is it his wife or his girlfriend? I can't remember. His his significant other is named Mandy, and they live together in the mountains. And you know, he does his lumberjack thing. She goes and works at like the general store down the way. So what goes on? I'm not going to give you the whole breakdown of the thing. But uh, I will give like good, they do attention to detail where it counts like Mandy's wearing, because it's 1983, Mandy's sitting there with a shout at the devil, Motley Crue shirt on as she's like doing something on her, in her uh, office. And I was like, is it? I think it is. And I went and I'm sure as shit, it was 1983 when that album came out. So they pay attention to that kind of stuff. But anyway, like I said, uh, it's got this groovy, like picture like the, um, the Stranger Things logo. Just how it looks. Oh, you were looking okay. at my kid's shirt today. So, you know, like that. They, yes. they throw in like titles. So it'll say like Shadow Mountains, 1983 AD. And it'll like just show up on the screen. But it looks kind of groovy because it's like it, it makes it more of like a period piece. You know what I'm saying? It's a nice little touch. So what this movie's about is um, there is this, this cult that calls themselves the Children of the New Dawn. And there is their leader named Jeremiah who you can kind of kind of compare to. I would go more like a David Koresh. As opposed to like, say, a uh, um, like a Charles Manson, but it's more like a Charles Manson in the sense that he can get these people to do anything, like kidnap you, kill you, whatever. So it's a kind of like a mix between the two. He's like this former folk rock kind of singer. And I think really what it is, is that because LSD is kind of prominent in this movie, I think you're sort of led to believe that they've just done so much fucking LSD that they're just nuts now. They were never the same. There's a part in the movie where they said they were never the same. But uh, Mandy is walking to her job and these dudes drive by and uh, Jeremiah sets his sights on her. He has to have her. So what he does is he goes to these people that were called the uh, Dark Skulls, I believe. And you have to I'm not going to say the whole movie because, again, I, don't, I want you guys to check it out. But you, he uh, he makes a deal with him. I'll just say that to go and get Mandy. They do. Shit happens. And Nick Cage gets a big, like, abu he's, he's abused to shit. Like, I don't want to tell you, but it's, it's fucked up what they do to him. It's really fucked up. And I, I think I would do the same thing, man. But this turns into a, um, the first half is very sedate. You know, it sets up the story. And then the second half kicks in, dude. And it's just this crazy mindfuck of a movie. Uh, Nick Cage doing Nick Cage at, like, 11 in this one. This is the most Nick Cage you're going to get in a movie. Like, I, uh, you saw um, Mom and Dad, right? Yes. So that was very Nick Cage, but this is him in a different way. Very violent. Um, there's parts where he's just like completely covered in blood and he's, he, he makes this badass axe. Uh, he forges like, it's kind of weird. Like there's a little bit of a uh, suspension of, of disbelief going on because it's like shit happens to him. He goes and he uh, finds out the story of who these people are. And I'm blanking on the name, but I bet you know who this guy is because he's in uh, menace to society and he's the guy 
he was the detective. I was like, you know, you fucked up, right? You know, oh, you know Bill Duke. Up. Yes, thank you, Bill Duke. So he plays um, like a, an associate or a, like a, someone he used to work with that Nick used to work with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he tells him like what's going on with this, and he, he goes to obtain this weapon from him. And he's just this very short part, but he tells him why these people are that way. And then once Nick finds out like what he's got to do, he goes really quickly and forges this badass axe. And it, you know, I don't know. I'm no. I'm no. Uh, no blacksmith, you know what I'm saying? But I think it would have yes. probably taken a little bit longer to do this. So it's one of those things like, don't even trip on it. Just go with it. Just know that the axe kicks ass. And it just turns into this psychedelic revenge movie. And there's just some shit that you're going to see in this one that you probably have not seen before. I will give it that. It's very original. Uh, it's very creative. It is just not for everybody because it's very artsy. Does it have any kills the likes of the clown? Um, You're referring that to I'm Terrifier. Gonna be like, and we are not going to spoil that kill, but is there is it one that's going to make you be like, oh, like I would one. say like, not. Oh. Yeah, I think I think so, but not to that degree. But yes, okay, this movie's totally because that was it's, okay. It's, okay. The second half is crazy fucking violent, and like I said, it's as cage as you can get. Uh, but there's also that artsy element to it. But it's so entertaining; it's totally worth a watch. But again, if you know if you don't like it, big deal. You don't like it, but I I think that it's one of those movies where you should at least try because. Um, and I'm not giving props. I'm going to do this real quick here. Sorry about that, because I was looking on one page. Now I'm looking on another one. Uh, this movie is actually made by Panos Cosmatos. Have you heard of him before? I think I may have said no. his name wrong. I know I hadn't heard of him before either, but there's a movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow that he did. And from what I understand, the similarities are there as far as just the artsiness of it. A lot of people didn't Sounds like this movie. Like it. Yeah, it's, it's a real artsy kind of movie. Um, I know I've said that already, but... Um, I wanted to at least give you know props to Panos Cosmatos. He's the director and he's also one of the writers, along with Aaron Stewart on. And uh, actually, I believe that's it. But it stars Nicolas Cage. It stars uh, Andrea, Andrea Risenborough, I believe. Um, I had not seen her previously, and I haven't seen anything that she was in before. But uh, let me go ahead and just tell you what she's been in, because maybe you have. She was in Birdman. She was in Oblivion. She was in a movie called We, uh, The Death of Stalin. She's been in a few things. To me, in this movie, like if you look, if you pull her up on like IMDb or something and look through her pictures, she doesn't look this way. But in this movie, she really reminds me of Judy Greer a little bit. She's got a Judy Greer look okay. going on. Um, okay. Doesn't say a lot. She's not in the movie that long. Kind, well, she kind of is and she kind of isn't. I'll just say that. But um, yeah, dude, it's just got this weird aesthetic to it where if you can just kind of roll with it. And follow through. And even if you're like, I don't know if this is for me, just wait until you get to the second half. And then it just goes fucking ape shit. And you're either going to like it or you're not. But there's there's no denying that this movie just goes ape shit in the second half. So I'm going to go would ahead and say that. Would you recommend yes, I would. me I would. watching it and yes. me coming next week? Okay. I absolutely think that you should watch this. There's a few ways you can see it. Uh, you can see it on Amazon. Let's see. No, 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 no. You, you can see it on Amazon. You can rent it on Amazon. You can rent it on yes. um, iTunes. That's what I did. I rented it on iTunes. Same with Xfinity. You can rent it. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's $6. And I'm just like, if I'm going to be in $6, I want to at least be like, okay. I'll be honest with you. I think you can get it for like $3 or $4.99 on iTunes. So that would be okay. my best bet. If you got like an Apple TV okay. or something like that, do it up. But yeah, I, so I totally recommend it. this movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, I am. Now, I'm not saying it's the best movie I've ever seen, but I think it's something worth watching. And it's worth talking about. I just can't talk about it on here because there's lots of spoilers, the things that I want to talk about. But I'm very okay. curious to see what you think about this off mic or, yeah, both. I want to talk to you about it off mic and then I want oh, you to come back sure. next week and let yeah. me know what you think. So, oh, yeah, sure. uh, again, that's Mandy and uh, I recommend checking it out. Okay. I will check it out this week and give, and give the listeners my um, opinion 
uh, next week because I just fresh off of um, Mom and Dad, and I loved that movie. It was really good, like surprisingly good, huh? Yes, and so I'm in the mood for that sort of thing. And so if he's if he's if it's a better movie, then I'm eager to check it because I I'm not really sure it's a better Mom movie than Mom and Dad. I'm not saying it's a better movie than Mom and Dad. It was a, um, Mom and Dad was so different. I was like, this is so interesting. Exactly, and that's how Mandy is. It's a very okay, cool. different movie, and it's and it's definitely like it or not, you're gonna have something to talk about for sure. Like that, for sure, now that I can do. Next up, I got something I was going to, I'm going to skip over it for a second because I may end up going a bit too much with this, but I've also been watching Big Mouth season two, Steve, you know, I like Mm, Big Mouth. You do. John Mulaney and Nick Kroll are the creators of this. And if you've seen Big Mouth before and you liked season one, you are so much going to like season two. This is some of the funniest shit that I've seen. I think I may, I'm not done with season two, but I think I may like season two better than season one. This is about. Two kids, a bunch of kids, actually, that are all like hitting They're up. They're prepubescent. Some of them are prepubescent. Uh, Nick Kroll's character is prepubescent. And then there's John Mulaney's character who's they, they started off the same, but he's now like, you know, he's more mature, I guess you could say. But what it is, is there's these two hormone monsters and one of them is played by and that's exactly what they call them. Hormone monsters that one of them is played by Nick Kroll. Funny, filthy. Um, says all the shit that you're thinking, but you wouldn't say out loud. That's what he does. And and then and then the other one, the female hormone monster, and this is where I got to give it up to her, is played by Maya Rudolph. Now I know you were raving about Maya Rudolph on um, Forever, and I like that. I mean, I watched Forever, and I didn't haven't seen all of it yet, but I I know I now know that I want to watch it again. If you liked her in Forever, dude, what she's doing on Big Mouth season two is fucking magic. She is so fucking funny on this the shit that comes out of her mouth is insane and i'm probably gonna say even though i haven't finished it yet that i think she might be my favorite character of the entire series she is hilarious so this is not something that you're gonna watch with your kids guys this is definitely even though it's about kids being you know prepubescent depending on how old your kids are i mean well yeah like my kid's 19 and we were just rolling about it before you got over today it's hilarious but it does it hits things that you like oh they're not gonna go there yes they are they're gonna go there everything from just sex to think how the kids think about sex to masturbation and it's not really done and i mean and more believe me so much more but it's not done in a way to me that it seemed um gratuitous i'm not going to call it that it's there it's very prominent it's very crude um it's downright immature sometimes but it's done it's so smartly done and when you have john mulaney and nick kroll throwing their best into this and that's exactly what they're doing I, I, I give this the highest of ratings. I really do. It's just so fucking good. I, I, I think that it's just something that you're going to have to watch to really get what I'm talking about. But the combined cast, I'm going to give you the cast rundown too, because they got, they got players in this one, man. You got Nick Kroll, who plays the hormone monster, as well as uh, Nick is the character, which is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um, John Mulaney, who plays Andrew on the show. He plays, they play multiple characters. There's an actress named Jesse Klein. She plays Jesse. Mm-hmm. See what I'm doing here? Uh, but yes. now, you know Jason Manzukas, right? Yes. He plays a character on there named Jay, who's hilarious. Uh, Jenny Slate, she is from, what do I remember mm-hmm. her from? You know who Jenny Slate is. I remember her from Parks and Rec. All good. Fred Armisen is on this. Jordan Peele is on this. He plays the ghost of Duke Ellington. Just check it out and just trust me, it's hilarious. And a, a whole bunch more, actually. But I'm going to have to say, this is the funnest thing out of everything that I've watched this week and everything that I've, like, this is the thing that put the smile on my face this week. The smile that I really needed after having the week that I had. I'm not going to over talk it. Just check it out. Hit me back. Let me know what you think. That's why we have the voicemail. If you want to ever, just by the way, and I'm kind of going off, I'm going rogue for a second. 
But if you ever like see a movie that you think that we should talk about or we recommend something to you and you strongly agree with us or maybe you you strongly disagree with us, use that voicemail. We'll play it on the show. That's what it's for. So please let me know what you think. I would really like to know what you guys are thinking of um, Big Mouth Season 2. Hit us up with an email, a voicemail, something like that. We will read it on the show. Nice. Man, you just want me to keep talking, huh? Well, let's, I'm going to switch it up for a second because I'm getting all, I'm going to enjoy my beer for a moment. What have you been watching, Mr. I thought Hudson? you were going to do your uh I'm not there rant. yet. You, you, I got some more stuff. Because you had it in your, you had it on the, I was waiting for you it. You know That's what, what fuck it, I'll get over this real yes. quick. All right. There we go. That's what <sighs> I was waiting for. I was like, why did he skip over it? I'm not skipping over it. I just, I just believe in timings. But, you know, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and do this right now. There we go. So one of, uh, I would go ahead and say that this is one of our, would you say favorite movies or favorite zombie movies? Um, I would say movies. I would say that too, but I'm definitely going to say that this is my favorite zombie movie, hands down. Uh, it is the best zombie movie that has ever come out. And I think Steve will agree with me on this. And the movie that I'm talking about is called Train to Busan. This is a Korean film. It's on, uh, not YouTube, I'm sorry, it's on Netflix. Check it out, it's there. It is one of the most badass stories that you will ever, it's not like a zombie movie like Walking Dead. It's not cliche. You're going to have, I mean, it's a zombie movie, so you're going to have some similarities with the zombies and things like that. But the way that these zombies move, uh, the way, the makeup, um, just the emotion that these characters are, uh, should I give like the synopsis? Basically, it's about this guy, one, one of the people, it's, it's separate stories, but this, this father who really doesn't, he's such a busy guy that he's kind of like not paid the attention to his daughter that he should have. Uh, he's separated from his wife now, possibly divorced, and she really wants to go visit mom. Dad's not having it, but eventually he caves and, and they get on this. He puts her on this train that goes to Busan, Korea. And during the, the ride, the zombie breakout, you know, happens. And it's just what happens with the with the various characters. Please feel free to jump in, Steve, if I'm missing something or if you think that you can elaborate on this. But the acting in this movie is outstanding. If you're not one that likes subtitles, I'm going to be honest with you. You're fucking missing out. Get over it. And check this movie out, okay? Now, I'm raving about this right now, but I'm going somewhere with this. But I think that, and there's this, the little girl in this movie, she pulls at your fucking heartstrings, dude, like so much. Yes. And I know you know what I'm talking yes. about. There is a particular scene at the end of this movie that will have you in tears. No bullshit. It, it's, fuck you if you don't cry because you're an insensitive prick. This movie, it, there's just something about this, this end scene. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I don't want to give you any more than that. But that end scene right there is one of the best end Broke scenes I've heart. ever seen in a movie. It's just that Broke fucking good. I can't, I'm not going to really go onto a whole train Busan review or anything because I pretty much told you what I feel about it. Now, mm -hmm. this is what I'm here to talk about. Now, I'm going to start off by saying that I like James Wan. Okay. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his work. But in recent events, a matter of fact, I think this is the article that I'm looking at right now. Uh, was from September 26th where this was announced. But uh, it's now saying American Zombies will ride the rails in producer James Wan Train to Busan remake. <laughs> All right, motherfuckers, let's talk. <laughs> I knew you were going to hate that. Dude, okay. okay, listen, listen. Uh -huh. I'm not a fan of this. Like, just to, there's, there's an anime uh, movie that's out that's called Your Name. And I'm sorry I don't have the credits to give. And anime is not my strong point. But I love this movie. It's fucking wonderful. It's, it's a really, really good story. And uh, you can find it subbed or dubbed. Check that one out. Uh, it doesn't need to be remade. However, uh, they're going to Americanize it. I believe they're going to whitewash this movie. If I'm not, I could, that might change, but I think this is what's going to happen. And it's done by JJ Abrams. Now he's going to remake this movie. Why? It's money. It all comes down to money and accessibility. And I, I don't think it should be done. Now getting back to train to Busan, 
You are fucking with perfection, first of all. This is a 100%, in my opinion, a cash grab that some, you know, so uh, I think there's like multiple companies that are fighting for this movie too. And I, I don't have all the information here, but it, yeah, I know that they're fighting for this movie. Stop it. Just fucking stop it and leave this movie alone. There's no reason whatsoever that this movie needs to be remade. It's as good as it's going to get. There's no fucking way that they're going to be able to improve on this. The only thing that they're going to do this movie is they're going to give it a bigger budget. Maybe. Maybe it's like going to be a Blumhouse thing or something, which might help a little bit, but they're going to give it a big budget. They're going to give it actors with familiar faces that you've seen before. Just my guess. And it's going to take away from the essence of what Train to Busan is. I think this is a huge fucking mistake. In fact, I'm offended by it because I'm sick of people. Whoa. I am. I'm telling you why right now, because okay. I'm, I'm okay. sick to death of American, you know, movie companies whitewashing these movies like this. Um, Death Note is another perfect example of that. You know, I, I like Death Note. The Netflix movie, I didn't hate as much as a lot of people did. But again, it was whitewashed and it just there's no need for it now, man. There are plenty. Uh, there's a movie out. There's a movie. Let's just say that we were going to go ahead and remake this. Why not keep it trained to Busan? Why not? I think they're going to end up. It's not going to be trained to Busan. I guarantee they're not going to go out and find, you know, a, a huge Asian cast and do this. And if they do, props to them for that. But again, it does not need to be made. I have a feeling this movie's going to get whitewashed and it's just there's just no point in this. You know what I'm saying? It's it's I, I don't understand it. It's like. um all I can see is that there's just a bunch of people in a room going, how are we going to make money off of this? Oh, here's how we're going to give it again. Like I said, bigger budget and everything. I don't have all the specifics here. And I think maybe I could see it right in front of me, but I'm too fucking blind with rage about this movie. I was a lot angrier the other day. I'll tell you that much. I really was. I was like stewing about this shit. What I'm trying to say, people, is there's no reason that this movie needs to be made. If you want to see a quality zombie movie that is not just your everyday, you know, a uh, tropey zombie movie, check out Train to Busan while it's on Netflix. There's also, oh God, what's it called? I've seen it before too. It's called Soul Station, I believe, which is like the prequel to Train to Busan. Did you know about this one, Steve? Dude, I've been trying to, it's, I've been trying to see, it's an uh, uh, anime, right? Yeah, you can get it on, I saw it on iTunes. Um, you can rent it there and it's really good. It's not as good, but it's really good. And you can actually see like the way that they drew the, if you draw it, I don't know how you process anime, but the way that they created the the art for this movie, the anime, is very similar to the way the zombies move in this movie. It's very, it feels very, it's it's in the same universe. It feels right. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a pretty good story, but it does not beat Train to Busan. Um, stick with that and keep that and don't go see this movie. I mean, do it if you want. I mean, if you've got a movie pass, you're probably only seeing what they want you to. But even if you've got like the, the I don't even know what they are because in Fresno, we only have really movie pass. Check it out, I guess. But do yourself a favor, ladies and gentlemen, and if you haven't seen this movie, fucking stop this right now and come back, and then we'll talk about some more stuff. Watch Train to Busan. I guarantee you, if you even if you don't love the movie, you're going to go, oh, I, I completely see what Dan's talking about, and I get it. Pay attention to the movie. Don't be fucking with your phone. Watch this movie. Would you, is there anything, would you disagree with me on this, Dave? Um, I think for me, uh, it holds a, when, when I'm going to see Train to Busan now, if they do a remake, I'm going to see it as its own movie but i'm not i'm not as mad they're making a remake because i smelled it coming but here's what i'm you know when you say they're gonna whitewash a movie mm -hmm. i'm worried they're gonna whitewash the movie <laughs> wait that's what i said though <laughs> <laughs> but i thought you were saying they're gonna just like whitewash the movie i'm saying i think they're gonna whitewash the movie i think you're saying the exact same thing i'm saying okay i didn't know that i thought you meant as in oh they're gonna tone it down no, they're going to put white people in the place of the Asian people, I the see, Korean I don't, people. 
If James Wan does that, that I, I understand. Shock. I understand that. I just. But I hope they don't. <gasps> you know, no but, offense. No offense. I don't want to fucking see Aquafina in this movie either. Leave it alone. Change you your can't mind. Leave it alone. It's true. It's just true. leave it, it, it alone. Here's what I would love. Here's what I would absolutely love. Remember, you know that movie? Um, it's a movie where they fought going up an apartment complex. It's a Filipino movie, is it? Anyway, forget it. I wouldn't mind if someone... Here's my worry. Not even I wouldn't mind. I'm worried they're going to make it where someone's super duper athletic. That's what I don't want. Don't make this father a super really dope. All of a sudden you can jump over him and beat him up and stuff. Because the father in Train to Busan was a normal, run-of-the-mill everyday father where he wasn't special the story with him is really good too like i, I like really where the good. story goes you know but uh, yeah you're oh, right oh that's the one thing i would change <laughs> i don't want to see the rock in this motherfucker i don't want to no. see john cena i don't want to see mark Wahlberg. i don't want to see any of those motherfuckers i want you know what it's i want to see a Steve? perfect movie yeah you want to know what i want to see i want to see train to busan on netflix you know that's what great? i want to see Here's what they could do. Here's what I would love. Fuck this idea. What I would love is if he said, they said, we're going to re-release it for American um, audiences in the theater. That, now, that would Go be perfect. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I why not do that, that? But you're, okay, you're making me mad now. I'm, I'm seriously pissed off about this. And the thing yeah, was, this news is a little bit idea. older, but because I missed the show last week, I didn't get a chance to talk about it. It is so. a stupid idea. You're it's right. Lame. They can't improve because let me tell you guys something. I don't say this for many movies, even movies that I love. Train to Busan is a perfect movie. Absolutely. From beginning to when I'm not crying at the end of the movie. I'm crying 15 minutes before the end of the movie. (laughs) It's like there's a scene that I am literally and I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's it's touching me knowing because I'm a father. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm a father, and I know even... See? Now you've I seen my point. I not imagine the decision... Anyway, anyway, the what you're willing to do for your child, this is what this movie is. And um, I'm going to watch it tonight, dude, again. Shit, I might too. I don't got to go to work till late tomorrow. It is a perfect, it's so perfect that there literally has not been one person I've heard that has seen it and come back to me and said that was weak. They always come back and be like, dude. Yeah. And then you never, and you don't get so much of it. Eh, it's all right. It's nope. cool. No, it's always like, holy shit. Yep. Thank you for turning me on to this movie. Michael came to me and said, Steve, that's the best zombie movie I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, and the funny thing is. It doesn't even it doesn't even shrug me off anymore. It doesn't even phase me. I'm like, yeah, it is, because you're a normal human being. Yes, that is the best zombie movie ever ever made. If you dare tell me another zombie movie is better than that, I will fight you. I will fight you. And you know, technically, it's not a zombie movie. It's an infected movie. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but, but for the for you the know purposes what I mean. for the purposes of the, it's a perfect. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're making me mad now. Leave it <laughs> hey, alone. Real quick. Everybody leave it alone. Oh, Michael, Bruno. That's what you're talking yes. about, aren't you? Okay, sorry. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. Thank you, Steve. I knew you would see what I'm talking about. James Wan, do not. T- the more I think about this movie, 
the more I think that um, A, the dude's about to make a sequel. Why would you mess up the Because I guarantee you, even if it's not as good, it's going to be great. Because there is something happening now. Like he left it where it's a situation of, well, yeah, there's still a lot of story to tell here. Now, see, now I'll tell you this. Even though I would rather see it by the original director or the original writer, I would be cool with them doing a sequel. Cooler. Yes. Remaking something that doesn't need to be remade is fucking stupid. I'm going to go ahead and liken it to now. I know you'll disagree with me on this, sir. But it's like fucking with Willy Wonka. It should have never been done. They, it, shouldn't have, it shouldn't have. I just enjoyed what they did. That's I all. I, I, don't cool. think they, I, thought, I don't think it should have been touched, though, because there's a thing. I still like you, by the way, even though you think that. So you don't like Will? You don't like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at all? I hated it. I hated that movie. That's you. It made me hate. It? it made me hate Johnny Depp a little bit. Like after that movie, I never really bounced back because I was all I about Depp. And after really? that, I'm like, eh, nah. I didn't like his weird Michael Jackson references. You know what I mean? Not references, but his had, mannerisms. Yeah, hell yeah. You, th- you hell think he took? Yeah. You think so? Absolutely. I'm not saying that it's like you know um, spot on. But I mean, you know, the pale skin and just the way he talked and yeah, Dude, for sure. That's true. And you know what? In his heyday, Michael would have made a great Willy Wonka. Yeah. But again, even if Michael had done it, it doesn't need to be done. Don't fuck with these movies. It's like, it's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and remake Indiana Jones. I'm going to remake E.T. But then, but here's the problem. Then they would have never, the whiz would have never happened because they would have been like, you can't touch the whiz, let alone put an all black cast in it. I whiz all over this idea. See what I did there? I love what you did there. But, okay, are you okay with, because the original guy is making the sequel to Train to Busan, but you're okay with the sequel yeah, happening. Oh, yeah, no, I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. Was he involved with that prequel or not at all? I'm sorry, say again? Was he involved with that prequel or not at all? Yeah, I believe so. I believe oh, so. Dude. And that's what I'm saying. Leave like, I'm alone. cool with them making a sequel. <laughs> and I would even, alone. I'm cool with them making the sequel. But like I was saying, I'm even cool. Well, I'm not. But if James Wan, <laughs> but if, oh, if James Wan even wanted to decide to make the sequel as opposed to the, what this, this abortion that's going to come out, I, um, you know, I, I think I'd be okay with it. I would be like, okay, that's cool. At least I didn't touch the original. That's what I would say. This is terrible. Here's the one thing Train to Busan did. It puts you in a situation where you're in there thinking, what the crap would I do? Like, what's the next move? What do you do? Like, and it's a, the thing is, what he did is he's like, no, no, no. We're not going to do this sweet little, we're going to make a getaway. No. Someone has to go. In order for you to escape this situation, someone you care about has to die. Which one of you is, I'm like, oh my, he made it real. You're not going to, everyone's not making out of this situation, period. And even when, with no spoilers, even when they make it out of the situation, it's still a situation. <laughs> it's still a situation. There is no one, there's no place that's safe, dude. Yeah. And it's such a per, I don't think American audiences are ready for the, uh-uh, we're not going to make it cute and cuddly. You're stuck in a train. There's only so much you can do. They're not ready for this. But there and is you're a... not going to find people as good as those guys that they got. That heavy, there's a hefty guy, and I'm not going to tell you much about him. He was one of my there's favorites. He- he's such a natural person that I'm just like, I believe him. I believe that he's that guy. You know what I'm saying? And they don't make it so that the women are just totally weak sauce. 
they make it so that everyone has something to put in. Yeah, it's not a, and I know it's an old school term, but it's not a damsel in distress situation. No. I think is what you're trying to say. Everyone's in distress in this movie, man. Everyone. And the way that the sickness is introduced, how <gasps> the person introduces it, I almost stopped the movie there. Oh, that opening scene. I forgot where about they, that. She cra- it cracks her. Oh, I was done. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, you no, get that in the no. first, you get that in the first like three minutes of the movie. Bro, I was done. I said, if this is what this movie's going to be. And it's a different spin on it, too, now that I'm thinking about it because, totally. because it's not, it's not, I don't want to spoil it, but it's not, um, there's really no way of, I don't want to spoil this. Um, yeah, you guys, if you haven't let's seen just it, say, you just watch it. Let's just say that this virus doesn't pick and choose. Oh, no. Yeah. It's so fucking awesome, guys. Check it's it out. It's a great, I'm going to watch it tonight. Yeah, check it out. I think, I think you will actually thank us for recommending this movie. If you have not heard of this movie and you like zombie movies, and again, I'm just using the term the term loosely. It is more of an infection type of a movie, much more like a uh, what'd you say, like a 28 days type 28 of movie. 28 days later, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, 28 days later. Sorry, Which but it's I more loved. Yeah, it's great, but it's uh, it's not you know slow it's walking. Not as good as this. <laughs> no, no, and it blows anything. Just my opinion. I don't like Walking Dead anymore. And yes, I know the the it's supposed to be better this season. Rick Grimes is gonna leave. I don't give a shit. Walking Dead does not touch this movie. At all, they're different. It's a different story. You know what I mean? It's, it's you're dealing more with peep the people in Walking Dead. This is just this nonstop beating of a movie in such the be- in like the best way possible. That's that's what I'm going to tell you right now. You will shed a tear, and if not, you're a terrible human being. Thank you very much. God bless America. I'm done talking about it. That's the Train to Busan sequel rant by. Dan, and I'm starting to he, punctuate things. I don't know why this came. I'm, I realize it just came out like totally involuntary. I'm punctuating my rants with God bless America. I don't know why I'm doing that, but I am. And fuck it. We need a thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> we need a little you blessing. won me over to your side. Regarding the uh, remake. Yes, you won That's me right. over to, you to your side. Bet your time. ass I did, sir, because it's, it just doesn't need to be done. It's a travesty. It really is. I'm very upset about it. You well should have you should have seen me when I when I read the news, dude. I was like, "What?" I know you're pissed, dude. <laughs> I know I know you're pissed. So that is his uh, train to Busan rant. What else do you got? Damn, you know what I got? I got laryngitis from talking so damn much. What you got, sir? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, There's, I do have one more, but I don't want to talk about it just yet. Would you mind telling me about what your uh, no problem? I'm going to tell you one of them. Well, I'll tell you a quick. I'm a saving quick. my big one for the end. The you're not. There's a movie I watched with Hillary Swank and Emmy Rossum. Emma Rossum called You're Not You. And what it is is Hillary Swank. Okay, mind you, this is a movie. I was just like on like Amazon Prime. I said, Hillary Swank made a movie? And I clicked again. I was like, with Emma Rossum? I love Emma Rossum. I was, I was like, I did not know that this thing happened. And with Josh Duhamel, I was like, whoa, I'll watch this. And what it is is Hillary Swank is a piano player and a fairly successful person in general. And one day she's playing a song for, you know, a family get together in her nice house and she misses a note. And one of her sisters is like, well, that's a first. And she noticed her hand is shaking. Uh Fast forward to a a few months later, she has she is diagnosed with ALS. Oof. Lou Gehrig's disease. Yes. She's slowly losing, um, you know, control, different body functions. And uh, she has to kind of get. This is so common. She gets an, uh, the person to take care of her. The person to take care of a kind of absent-minded, free-spirited girl. Named, you know, Emma Rossum plays her. But dude, I knew what was going to happen every step of this movie, Dan. I've seen this movie 
120 million times. You saw a cookie cutter movie is what you're saying. Yes. Tropey as fuck. It got me. Oh, so you're okay. I thought you were going to like flip it at me. Like I hated it. Got me, dude. Because Hillary Swank put on such a good performance of a woman that is losing what she used to want to, to do. And there is a part in this movie, because I'm sure people are probably, I don't know if they're going to watch it. I recommend everybody watch it. It's fun. It's really a good movie. It's going to tug your heartstrings where she has Hillary Swank pull up next to her, put her fingers on top of her her hands as she's playing piano. No, no, no. Bruh, I was done. I was done. And the ending to this movie... You think you know what's going to happen. And they just say, oh, do you now? They did a coming to the America. Aha. Aha. <laughs> I was like, dang. Uh-huh. <laughs> Aha. <laughs> and it is such a good movie that I was like, well, of course, Hillary Swank swings in. I should have known. She's an Oscar winner. She can act. And, um. I could imagine them making this movie being like, oh, this is going to be your second Oscar. And it just not making it. But man, it was a really good movie, a feel-good movie. So I, I would definitely recommend um, You're Not You. Uh, but what I really want to talk about is American Nightmares. Come on. All right, look. Ladies and gentlemen, you know I like my horror movies. Right? I have heard you talk about it once or twice, yeah. Of course I know, okay. man. You're the one that turns me on to these wonderful movies. By no, the way, I, total credit given to you for Train to Busan, by the way. T- thank you. And what I love more than many horror movies is a uh, um, anthology horror movie. Like oh. the ABCs of Death and all that kind of stuff. ABCs of Death is great. Like Pet, uh, not Pet Cemetery. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. Like Creepshow? Love Creepshow. Creep all the so Creepshows. The only reason I love AMS, ABC The Death so much is because they go from A to Z. A, each one is a different time, and you know it's going to be like a three-hour movie, each, each of the ABCs of Death, like one and two. They're going to be law, you're like, yay! And yeah, you're going to get some stinkers, but some of them you're going to be like, oh my God, that was gruesome. But anyway, so this one's called American. What happened is, Danny Trejo, who I love, is called Mr. Malevolent. Mr. Malevolent, hack, they, they have a t- these hackers are doing their thing, watching porn, and all of a sudden, Mr. Malevolent shows up on their TV screen, and he's like, well, hello, gentlemen. And they're like, hey, how did this guy hack into hackers' TVs or our computers? He's like, don't try to switch it off. He's like, you guys like watching terrible things, right? They're like, is this guy talking to us? He's like, well, let me tell you a story. And he shows them a story, but you know what the kicker is to all these stories? What's that? They're all super woke. <laughs> like there's one where a woman is for like a woman is at an abortion. She doesn't want to have an abortion. She's there. She's going through the motions. She gets kidnapped by these religious fanatics. The religious fanatics make her have the baby. The baby comes out. It's Satan. And he's like, I, now I'm going to because she's like, I've been raped. I don't want to keep this baby. And he's like, she's like, I'm sorry, but God says you got to keep it. So all of a sudden she gives birth and the birth, uh, the baby comes out and it's gross. And all of a sudden it grows immediately into this evil horned creature. And he's like, you guys love babies so much, don't you? How about I impregnate you with my child? And one of the guys like, you can't impregnate me. And Satan was like, oh, I can impregnate. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so all of them have a spin on 
the um, it's a very woke, and they're people of color in every. All of them are people of color. When did this come out? Nightmare, dude. This year, and I was like, every single horror story is a spin with a woke man. Like one of them is a woman that's getting, um, she has a a domestic violence situation, and the monster of it. Let's just say he takes care of her problem. She's like, oh, we both can win in this situation. He's like, yes, I guess we can. Hey, brother, can I ask you a quick question? I think you I'm pretty sure you covered it, but I want to make sure I'm understanding correctly. So uh, Mr. Malevolent, who's played by Danny Trejo in this movie, which you you can't go wrong with that. Is he kind of like a um, for the sake of this? Like I know he'd be in the role of like the Crypt Keeper. There it is. Okay, cool. He's the Crypt Keeper. And he and he just has his top hat and he's telling these stories. Listen, you sons of bitches of what we're gonna talk about today. <laughs> and the funny thing, he's he's literally doing like this. He's like, so you he's playing a different thing. He's Danny Trejo as like the ringleader. And I think he kind of likes it. He likes not being the He's not machete in this. Exactly. This one he's just like, oh, don't turn away now. Cause at first they're like, oh, that was an awesome story. Then the next one comes and they're like, that was a um that was pretty cool too. And then the next one comes, they're like, yeah, these are getting progressively like worse. And looks like, like it oh, runs. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, sir. Go ahead. Oh no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's, I was just going to say that it runs an hour and a half. Yes. That's it. So maybe if you're rec, are you high recommending this? There's like the Love. highest recommendation. Okay. Here's what I, it's not the highest recommendation. What it is, is like, say you and Ben are chilling. Mm-hmm. You guys would have fun with this movie. Like the first of the first uh, story, you're going to be like, oh, whatever. That was weird. Now, what I will say is the first the first um, episode, you will not have guessed the twist. I promise you that when the twist happens, you're like, wait, (laughs) what? (laughs) And it's the thing is, I don't think this is going to get play. People are not going to a they're not going to like it because whoever the who was the director? The director was like, yeah, I don't care about your beliefs. I don't care. This is the movie I'm making. Next question. And the interesting thing is, I don't think three years ago this movie gets made. Hmm. But today, this movie gets made. I am trying to help you out in finding the director and on IMDb. Yeah, I'm it acts like it's it. not even existent. That's they act weird. like this movie has not been released. Uh, we've yet. encountered that a couple of times where I fell short. Like, uh, you know what? No, moving on. <laughs> but I don't yeah. see it in this. Yeah. But this one's on um this one's on I watched this on Amazon Prime. That's your spot, huh? You like Amazon Prime a lot. Wait, was it Amazon Prime or was it um oh, you know what it might have been? It might have it was either. <laughs> It was either on-demand Xfinity, Amazon Prime, or Netflix. I forgot which one. But it's a VOD kind of thing. You didn't pay for it? It's free. Yeah, it's free. Free is the word right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It's called American Nightmares with Danny Trejo. And it is a, if you want to see good representation in a horror movie that's not corny, because there's a few people I watch, I'm like, holy cow, what are they doing on here? Well, this is interesting. Vivica A. Fox, I see, is back. Now, here's the thing. I don't remember her. Wait, do I remember her? No, I don't remember. Wait, do I? Independence Day. No, but I'm saying I don't remember her in the movie, but now I do remember her. Oh, okay. I thought you said, you don't know Vivica A. Fox? I've seen her. No, you're right. She is. And all the people, like, you'll go through the cast, you'll be like, oh, I wonder what happened to him. 
good it's point. It's a fun you know movie. It's going to give me a chuckle. Now I want to do it because I just want to laugh the way you laughed right now. Oh, no, you're going to, you're, here's what you're going to do. You're going to be like, do you can like, if you watch this while like you're doing something or like whatever, you're going to be like, there's going to be a few of the stories that you're going to be like, oh, snap, that's interesting. Because look, dude, they, he has a viewpoint that he is not shying away from in the least bit. And I'm like, I love, because at first I was like, well, that was a woke story. Then the second one, I was like, that was a woke story. Then the next one, I was like, oh. I see what's happening here. I see. And he makes it because, yeah, I I was worried when the girl got kidnapped from the abortion clinic. I was like, oh, no, what are they going to do now? But when they twisted it, I was like, oh, no, he has a viewpoint that a (laughs) He has a view because the people that die you wanted them to die. You're hoping that they die. Kind of like, and the thing is, one thing Creepshow didn't do that way, because for me, this isn't like scary. I think Creepshow's scary. I think when, the, when Ted Danson gets, comes back as that zombie thing, that's scary. Back then it was. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I see your point. You don't point. think it would hold up? I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. I mean, I watched it a bunch of times when I was younger, but I haven't watched it in recent years. I'm kind of curious now. I want to check it out because I'd never seen Leslie Nielsen be mean before. That was the first time I'd seen Leslie Nielsen be something other than funny. And he actually pulled it off. I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. But Ted Danson made a when they were like talking and you could hear the the seawater in their throat. I didn't like that at all, dude. You know what though? I might want to. Oh, 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 they were like, they were like, yes, yeah. gurgling. I didn't like that at all. And then uh, how he showed him laugh. You remember when instead of screaming, he started laughing, and yeah. all the color swirled, and he was still laughing, 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 laughing. And then um, they finally uh, they show him buried to his neck. Yeah, in that's, the thing. that's that's a nightmare in itself for me, by the dude. way, dude. And then what did he say? I have all night. I'll be here all day. And then all of a sudden the water splashed in his face. He's like, wait a minute now. <laughs> wait a minute. You know what? I think I might watch Creep Show. You're going to be up all night watching this shit, dude. Dude, because you know what? You just, it made me all goose. Like, I really, like, Train to Busan I'm watching tonight and uh, Creep Show. I just don't remember which one was Stephen King on. Was it one or two? One. That's when he goes, meteor shit. Dude, that was a scary one. That, that one really kind of freaked scary. me out as a kid. I do remember that. I don't like the hands. It had like Oscar the Grouch hands. I was like, I don't like this. I, like this was a, they, they could redo Creep Show, but now that that whole Train to Busan thing happened, maybe they shouldn't touch it. Maybe they should leave Creep Show the crap alone. Just leave it all alone. Think of something equally awesome and then work with that. Stop remaking everything. It's, a, but, but it's really fucking annoying, to be honest. But if they do make a, an anthology series, like creep show they're gonna say they're copying creep show no no so I, probably- would, I would be down with like a creep show anthology but new stories do you know what i'm saying oh and the, dude you know who i want to do it who blumhouse that would be good they would they, i think they would knock it out the park i think blumhouse eli roth would do a great job with creep show he would actually do a really good job or quentin tarantino Eli Roth has something coming out on AMC. Now, have you? I tried to get you to watch this, and I have watched the first one. 
It's basically Eli Roth, Rob Zombie, and it's different people sometimes. I've only seen the first two. The, the ones that I've seen so far. It's not even out yet, actually. Or did it just... Hold on. Let me, let me give you the, the rundown real quick. Um, come on, man. Now I talk about it, I gotta at least do it. I'm just forgetting. Well, he came, he, dude, he came out the gate with Hostel. Like, that was a great movie. Okay, I got it. So I wanted to pull it up to make sure that I was saying the right name of it. It's called AMC Visionaries, Eli Roth's History of Horror. And it debuts, if it hasn't debuted yet, it may have debuted tonight. No, 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 I'm sorry. It debuts, it debuts rather, October 14th. I don't really want to get into it because I was I watched it on the AMC screener site, so I don't I don't know how much I can truly say about it. I don't even know if they would want us to say what the first episode is about. But oh, it yeah, is they wouldn't. Yeah. No, no. So like I said, it's just it's a him with a group of people, they sit around and they talk about certain aspects of horror movies. And it's very mm-hmm. interesting. And that's all I'm gonna say about it because you know it's not out, it's not fair to do that. I'm not trying to lose my privileges over there. But I think that if you're into horror, you know, and it's tis the season, right? Check it out when it comes out. It's it's pretty interesting. So, Dan, you saw something that the listeners are going to be very interested in after all this Halloween talk. Yeah. You saw a very... I'm uh, taking a right um, turn. You are, so please, have a ball. Well, let me I'm just... I'm going uh, to sit and, and, and hear this wonderful uh, story because I'm looking forward to seeing this, too. Well, something tells me that um, most of you have heard this already. Uh, if you go to the movies, there's a pretty good chance that you have seen this because like the Mission Impossible trailer, it was just kind of in every movie you could sing. But if you haven't, what the fuck? I haven't played one of these for a while. Here's a trailer. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. Maybe it's time to let the always down. Takes a lot to change, man. Hell, it takes a lot to try. You know, man, in the old days, I always knew, like, you were going to do something, that you'd be all right. It's the first time I'm worried about you. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. In all the good times, I find myself longing for change. Here's what we're going to do. You come sing that song that I love. No, I can't do that. Here, no. come on, here we go. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> look at me. All you got to do is trust me. That's all you got to do. So 
I went and saw Stars Born last night. So for those of you that aren't really that familiar with this, this is actually the fourth version of this movie. I'm going to go into a little bit of detail just for the sake of uh, giving you guys some trivia and whatnot. But the very first one, <clears throat> excuse me, the very first Star is Born came out and I believe it is 1937, if I'm not mistaken. Hold on a second here. I had like notes and now they're gone, Steve. I don't know what happened. That's weird. Did you happen to hit like resolve or something on the, there was notes that I had on a star is born and they're like, gone. no, interesting. Okay. Well, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and wing it then. Um, cause I put some notes and I wanted to be factual about it, but I'm going to be as, be as best I can. So the very first one came out, I believe it's like 1937 and now I don't have the actress's name, but, uh, that one was different because then the rest of them that I'm going to talk about, because it was about actors, uh, about a, a young aspiring actress that falls in love with another actor. Uh, that is on his way out. You know, his time has passed mm -hmm. and he's on his way out and they fall in love. And, you know, it's it's the process of the transition. And and I, don't, I haven't seen the movie. So but that's that's essentially what it's about. The second one came out and it was um, and now I'm out of my dates again. I'm sorry. I want to say it was in like in the 40s and it was um, Judy Garland was in this one and the same idea. But now they've changed it to where it was a musical performer. Fast forward to, I believe it is 1979 or 1976. God damn it. I don't know what happened to my notes, and I'm really sorry about that, but fuck it. I'm going to wing it. Um, this one starred Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand. Now, this one got some high acclaim. It actually, uh, there was a song that won the Grammy, and it was called Green. God damn it. Where is my notes? Evergreen. Evergreen. Thank you very much. I was going to say green sleeves, and I know that's not it, but it's evergreen. Look at you. Look at you with the evergreen. Do you like that song? Uh, yes. Can you sing it for me real quick? Just the first part. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, oh, no, not going to happen. Anyway, not gonna happen. It was, uh, this movie got some high acclaim. Um, I'll be honest with you. I went back and I, uh, well, actually, it was Gail. She watched it. And it did seem dated, but that's the same thing. It's a rising star, a star is born, get it? You know, a young aspiring singer that falls in love with a rock star who's on his way out. And it's the, it's how the rock star the, the, deals with her rise to fame. And, and it's just that it's that whole thing. So anyway, I'm not here to talk about those. What I am here to talk about is this version that came out just recently on October 5th. Again, great day for entertainment. A Star is Born starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Um, I fucking loved this movie. I it, it touched me. Um, the acting is fantastic. Uh, dude. Bradley Cooper is in his bag now when he's directing, writing, and he's just a solid, solid actor. I've always liked him. Ever since the first time I saw him, I believe it was on Alias. But everything that he's been in has been fairly decent. He's never really made anything that was like complete shit. And if the movie was shit to somebody's opinion, you can't really blame Bradley Cooper for it, in my opinion. But he does. He plays Jackson Maine. He's this rock star that's got a drug and alcohol problem. He's been playing so long that he's got tinnitus or tinnitus, depending on how you say it. And uh, all these things are basically hidden from his fans. It's not something, you know, you just, you don't need to know that shit. You just need to see the guy come out and rock it. And he's a very popular guy. He meets this, uh, this waitress who works for this, in this restaurant with this asshole boss. And her deal is that she sings in this drag bar once a week. Her name's Allie, lady, played by Lady Gaga. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now before I forget to give this woman compliments. Lady Gaga is fucking amazing in this movie. I mean, her acting is on point. She looks beautiful in this movie. Um... 
you know, a lot of people uh, there. There's a lot of people have said some mean shit about Lady Gaga, about her nose being a little bit too big. And she actually I don't know if that's why they did that, but they do address that in this movie. Uh, basically, she is this wonderful talent that can't catch the break because every time she tries to catch the break, the you know, the record producers, the music business, uh, the uh, record companies rather tell her, well, you know, you've, you've got the sound, but you don't have the look. So she's kind of shied away from all that and taken to going and doing like cabaret style um, in a not really ca- yeah, kind of cabaret, but it's in like a drag bar. And she's the only female that they'll allow to perform there because she used to work there before. In his drunken haze, Jackson Maine finishes a concert and his driver is driving him, you know, back to the hotel or to the airport or whatever. But he still wants to keep drinking. He's he's heavily into like pills and and I think it's vodka, any kind of alcohol, actually. And he runs out of it and he's like, hey, take me to the take me to the bar or take me to the liquor store. They can't find anything. He just turns this corner and he finds this drag bar. So he goes in there. He runs into um, Ali's friend who, who goes, hey, you're Jackson Maine. You know, he strikes up a conversation. He takes him into the bar. He goes, like, is this the drag bar? He's like, yeah, but, you know, this is what we do every Wednesday night. And um, he's watching the performances. He's having a good conversation with him. And then he's like, my friend's about to come out. And it's Lady Gaga. It's Ali. She comes out and she rocks it. Uh, this cabaret, like French song. They make eye contact. They instantly find a connection. And they spend the rest of that particular evening getting to know each other. And they find out that they're both, obviously, she knows that he's a singer. He knows that she's a singer. But they start really, like, connecting musically, talking about their, their uh, you know, just their lives and things like that. And, and shit happens. She hurts her hand. He's taking care of her. Um, they have this wonderful night, a sexless, wonderful night. But something's obviously going on. So Jackson has to take off. She goes back to her world. But Jackson's, like, still, like, totally taken by her. He, like, basically sends for her at her house. And uh, the door is answered by her father, who is played by... A very unrecognizable Andrew Dice Clay, who is wonderful in this movie. He is not, you're not going to get the, hey, you know, rickery dickery doc. That's all gone. He'll say, what he, he calls her sweetheart at one point. He goes, hey, sweetheart. And then you hear it. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, um, he's awesome in this movie. He doesn't have a huge part, but he's completely convincing. You do not really see Dice or hear Dice or feel that Andrew Dice Clay thing. Um, he's, he's wonderful. The entire cast of this movie guys is wonderful. Uh, Dave Chappelle is a very small part and he absolutely murders that part. Now, the reason that I wanted to play the preview, if you haven't heard the trailer, rather, if you haven't seen the trailer, there's original songs in this movie and they actually, I was just watching an interview with them last night. Uh, the way it worked is when Bradley Cooper found out that he wanted to have Lady Gaga sing for him, he went to her house. And within 20 minutes, you know, they're both from, Jer- I think it's like Jersey. I think they're both from Jersey. They're both Italian. They had that like common bond. And within 20 minutes of meeting each other, they're singing. They're actually like singing together. He doesn't sing. So they depended heavily on, I should say they, I should say Bradley Cooper depended heavily on her coaching, I guess you could say, and as well as she did for his acting. Because I don't think she's really ever acted outside of, um, oh God, I don't watch the show. Is it a horror, American horror? What the hell is that show called that's still on right now? American, they do several of American Horror Story. Is that what it's called? Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't watch it, but she's been on that. I heard it was not that great, but this woman can act her ass off. It's so real how she's acting in this movie. It's so convincing. And the reason that I wanted to play the trailer is because the music when I first heard it and you hear Bradley Cooper singing, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's it maybe it just hits your ears right. To me, it seemed kind of weird. And I was wondering if he'd be able to pull that off. The very first time that I saw the trailer was when you and I were in the movies together with Sean from uh, Horribly Awkward. And uh, I jokingly like leaned over after one. Hey, man, tell me how that one is. I'm not going to watch it or whatever. But I knew I would. 
And uh, the more that I watch the movie, you know, my wife wants to watch it. I'm going to go see it again with her this week, some point. Um, and I may even see it again. It's fucking fantastic movie. Uh, it's here's the part that I'm hesitant to say. Do I think it will be Oscar nominated? And I kind of think it will. I think that it's got enough buzz about it that it's going to be heavily paid attention to. I think at the very least, that song that they play, what's called the uh, the shallow. If you haven't heard that song on the, like the radio yet, which I know a lot of people don't listen to actual radio anymore, but if you don't hear that song floating around, if I'm right, they're going to be shoving this song down your throat till you can't stand it anymore. But it's actually not that bad of a song when you see it in the context of the movie. Um, I was really wondering how the performances were going to work uh, if if Bradley Cooper had the the chops to sing along with her, you know, because I mean, it's Lady Gaga. Love her, hate her. She's got an amazing, powerful voice. Could he hang with her? And the answer is yes. He hangs with her very well. They make a very good duet. And uh, so the whole thing is, is um, they fall in love. He brings her on tour with her and she gets noticed. She suddenly starts to rise very quickly. They become a couple and it's him dealing with her rising while he's starting to fade away. And, you know, he's like supposed to go play an award show. But when he shows up at the award show, they are like, oh, well, you're, you know, because he's a singer. Um, we're not going to have you sing this time, Mr. Main. We're going to go ahead and have, you know, whoever do this. And he's like, who's this fucking kid? But he does it, you know, but he's, it's, he's not happy about it. So you see him struggling with intense addiction. He gets so fucking rock bottom in this movie and he does it so well. It's so, it's so convincing. The only thing that's really not convincing about this movie. And this is just something that you're just going to have to get past is the way that he plays the guitar. If you have ever picked up a guitar and strummed it and played a riff, you're going to watch him do solos in this movie. I almost don't want to point it out to you, but now that I have, it just doesn't look convincing to me. It doesn't look like he's really playing that, but you know, a very small, it's not something that they focus on a lot for obvious reasons, but if you pay attention to that, you will see that it's, eh, you know, it's, um, you're going to have to suspend your disbelief. And then there's another part that has to do with that song shallow where the suspension is definitely going to be necessary because what it is, is when they're meeting on that first night, she kind of sings that song. I have this idea in my head and she sings like the, the skeleton of it. So the very next day when he brings her to this concert, he's already worked out like, the song, like his verses and everything like that. And she's never heard this thing before, but it's like one of those situations in a television show or a movie where they break out into a song and they're just able to know exactly what to do. Yes. You, you know what I'm talking about? And that's, and that's the only part I was like, okay, well, there's no way that could have happened. I mean, I understand that because she knew all the, the changes of the song and everything. And she'd yeah. never heard it before. You know what I mean? She never even heard the melody before. Cause it was just in her head. So as long as you can get past that, everything else is pretty much convincing. I, I got to tell you, these two put in a fantastic performance. I highly recommend you guys check this one out. What else do I want to hit on this one here? Again, I already said, I think that The Shallow is going to be a huge hit this winter. You'll see. Um, oh, Sam Elliott is in this movie. He plays his brother. He's outstanding in this one here. His brother, Bob. Uh, you hear a lot of their backstory of why they're at odds. And I don't really want to talk about what happens with them because it's kind of like a major part of the story or enough to where because he keeps coming back, you know, but I don't, I don't really want to get into that too much. But uh, Bradley Cooper's descent into his his addiction, it's painful to watch. Um, if you have seen the movie we talked about earlier, just coincidentally, Leaving Las Vegas, it's like that kind of a thing and not quite as intense as far as drinking to kill yourself, but he's doing that. He's doing just that. And uh, it's it's just so goddamn convincing. Um, the ending is, is super uh, touching. I'll just say that. And uh, what I'm going to say about this movie is it's not, no offense to Prince, because I love Prince, 
but it's this is not Purple Rain we're dealing with here. This is a believable story. There's not overacting. There's not, you know, the P- Purple Rain is one of my favorite album soundtracks ever and probably will always be. And I love it. But I looking back on Purple Rain, it's a very dated movie and it's hard to watch now. It's, it's kind of painful for me to watch it, actually. Uh, you, this is not something I think this movie will stand the test of time. I do think, even though I haven't seen them all, that this one has to be the best one. I mean, it's just so fucking solid. So um, I have a ton of notes on it, but I'm realizing in my notes that a lot of it is um, spoilery stuff that I don't really want to talk about. I was just when I came home last night, I was very eager to start writing some stuff down. So I basically just took all of the scenes that I remembered and wrote them out in like a bullet point fashion. So I'm just kind of lightly hitting on things like that. But again, A Star is Born. This is one. Of, I will say it is one of my favorite movies of this year. It's it's that good. And I was really surprised by their performances, particularly Lady Gaga. I hope you guys go out and check this out. I haven't heard really anyone say anything bad about this movie so far. I was faced with the choice of, do I go see Venom this weekend? I needed something to talk about, or do I go see A Star is Born? Venom's a whole other thing that I'll get into later, but I ultimately chose this movie. I went and saw it by myself. Uh, I loved it, and I'll go see it again. So, yeah, guys, check it out. It was a very touching movie. There is really nothing wrong with this movie whatsoever. My complaints, and they weren't even complaints. They were just things I noticed were all about like air guitar performance type stuff. Other than that, wonderful movie. And I'm very curious, Steve, to see what you if, what, if you have the same reaction to this movie that I had. I can't wait to check it out. Dude, it's really fucking good. I mean, I'm very, yeah, I, I can't. And the weird thing is I watched Purple Rain recently. Not too recently, like a maybe five six months ago Mm -hmm. and it did hold up for me it was over the it was 80s over the top like any other 80s movie but i thought i mean i still was just like dude this i mean even just the music of this movie is just ridiculous now i'm eager to see this one too because i haven't heard the music of this movie so i mean if they're firing on all cylinders either way i'm looking forward to seeing it because i can't give an opinion on it yet all I can say is, well, let's see. Because, and here's the hard part about a movie like this. Um, it, uh, I think since a lot of people didn't know how good it was going to be, they walked in with no expectations. Now everyone's walking in with these major expectations. Which can and change things. It can I, sway opinions. Yeah, it's going to, because people are going to come out and be like, it was fine. But if you would have seen it with no expectations, you'd have been like, oh, wow. That was a good movie. But if you're going there and everyone's coming out being like, oh my God, and you walk in, you'll be like, it was good. I'll say this. I think that's what's going to happen in about a week and a half. The All of a sudden, it's going to shift to be like, okay, it was good. But, and, but us, like if I see it now, I'll probably be the same way you are. Venom, from what I, what I understand, I don't have numbers in front of me, but Venom kind of smashed it. I don't think, and I haven't seen it, but I don't think that's going to be the continuing case. I think this movie is going to get word of mouth popularity and you know, you're going to either love it or hate it or just think it's all right. But personally it touched me. I really liked it. I'm a huge fan of Bradley Cooper. And though I'm not like, I don't like have all her music or anything like that. Um, I'm talking about her as a person and as a talent. I'm a huge fan of Lady Gaga. I think she's amazing. She's a wonderful fucking voice and she's so talented on the piano. Um, There was a documentary, I think it's called Gaga five foot three. That's on, used to be on Netflix. That was literally the first review I gave on heroes of noise, but you guys didn't hear it because the episode screwed up. So we just, we never put it out, but I've, I've been kind of super appreciative of Lady Gaga's talents 
And, you know, I would probably go see her, but it's not something where like, if I'm just chilling, I'm going to throw on a Lady Gaga CD. It's not, it doesn't work that way, but I so appreciate her talent and I respect her for it. And I just, like I said, I think she does a hell of an acting job in this dude. It's totally convincing. I mean, dude, it made 43 million, dude. Yeah. But I think Venom made like, what's, what did Venom make? I'm looking. It only doubled it. Okay. But still it smashed it. I mean, you know, if for the weekend, it was the victor. I don't see that being the case next week, but I could be completely wrong because people do love their, you know, their comic movies. Well, the hard thing is, um, here's what happened to Venom. The opposite happened. The same thing happened. I mean, the same thing happened to Venom. People walked in there thinking it was going to be horrendous and came out being like it wasn't horrendous. Yeah, I've heard that a lot, actually. I've heard people say, look, man, it's not comic accurate. Go in with no expectations and you'll, you'll enjoy it. But if you go in there expecting it to be comic accurate, you're going to be super disappointed. But apparently it's safe space. Apparently the dialogue back and forth between Venom and, and uh, Tom Hardy is and, the and thing. For, yeah. Yes. And my issue is I'm not going to, it's hard. I'm only doing it to be in the conversation, but if I was a person without a podcast, I wouldn't pay money for a, a movie where people are selling it as just going with low expectations. I'll be like, I'm why with am you. I paying for this movie? Totally with why you. Why am I, I paying don't, for this? Yeah. I don't think I would see it if it wasn't for the podcast. That's it. And, but Star is Born, I would see. And I think the hard thing, it has an, ups- it has an uphill battle only because um, I don't know grown people's, um, I don't know what their target market is. I don't know who they're going for. If they're going for people who love the Star is Born from the 90s or the 70s, you're not going to get those people because they don't know who the crap Lady Gaga is. I think it's it's something for all ages. Yes, you're going to get those people that have the knowledge of A Star is Born and they want to see what happens from, you know, how it compares to, say, the, the Barbra Streisand movie. But I think it's a good, like, the crowd that I saw, you know, you had everyone from, like, 18 to their 50s, I would say. Was it packed? Maybe 60s. Um, I saw it at 640. It was fairly packed. It wasn't, like, a sold-out thing at all. But there was, you know, there I had some elbow room, but there was a lot of people in there. And people were coming out. I'm not saying I had this effect because I totally did, but there were a lot of girls coming out, women, I should say, uh, were coming out in tears. And people were like, you were crying. They were like laughing about it. And, and oh, you know, yeah. I was, well, yeah, I was that, listening this to people right talk. up there. Yeah. yeah. This is I was listening happen. to people have conversations about the movie and, and everyone that came out really seemed to enjoy it. I'll tell you this much that um, I don't think my opinion is going to change too much, but I know that sometimes I can be very um, excited about something and maybe, you know, like dampen my opinion a little bit as time goes on i don't think it's going to be the case with this one but since i'm going to see it again this week with gail i will kind of follow up remind me i'll follow up and tell you if i still think that it's it's as good as i thought it was i got a feeling i'm going to say that it is here's the thing i know it's going to be a good movie i know it it it, it has to be i think i mean i haven't seen bradley cooper in a bad movie yet i just haven't he's just a very convincing character i mean his his, especially his uh all of his ailments and his problems. And when it starts to really crash and it's like, Oh my God, you really feel for this guy. Um, one, one side, I was going to say one side note, dude is, uh, the opening song of this movie. I don't know the name of it, but it's kind of like a rocker. Like it's, it's a really kick-ass kind of bluesy rock riff. And when he sings it, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure exactly how I feel about Bradley singing, but he, he did fine. But that song, if you were to put, say, which you can't now, of course, but if you were to put, like, say, Chris Cornell singing that song, that's a fucking hit right there. It's, it's just, it, if you put Chris Cornell's voice with that song, you have a hit on your hands. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I think. And maybe somebody better. Um, that's what I heard initially was I just, oh, you got to put Chris Cornell in here. And it would be 
much better of a song. But um, I think that they did very well for their original tracks. There are some stuff that Lady Gaga does down the line, uh, particularly the song at the end of the movie. And I'm just like, fuck, woman, you can you can just kill it. You know, what I mean? so, um, yeah, man, I really want to know what you think about this one, but I, I a very high recommendation for this one, guys. Check it out. Star is born. Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our wonderful time. Now, don't fret. Because the good news is. We're both going to be here next week. That's the good news. The bad news is there's going to be six days between it. Oh, you'll be all right. Will they, though? They'll be all right. I have well, faith, I in don't, our, faith in our listeners. They'll be fine. I do. And you know what? I love y'all. You heard what we said tonight. And the, after what I'm about to say, the next voice you're going to hear is Dan. But I'm going to first say this. It's wonderful talking to y'all every week. I love talking to y'all every single week. It never gets old. I love you. You gave me a chance to kick it with my bizoy today, even though we didn't record anything earlier today. We, we, it, you gave us an excuse to hang y'all. I love you. Can't wait to see y'all or hear from y'all or hear or speak to y'all next week. And hopefully we hear some of y'all voicemails. I see y'all. I see, you want to say something. You want to say something. You're dying. Go ahead to. and say you're dying to, but hit a five-star review. If you do the five-star review, we will, um, uh, mention you and read your awesome review on the show. You already know. But until that wonderful next time I see y'all, this has been your bizoy, Steve. Peace. It's hard to top his his exit sometimes, but I'm just going to tell you guys right now. Yes, I agree. I echo his sentiment. I think that uh, I love doing the show, you guys. I love it. And I'm just glad that we could talk to you guys. And I'm glad that you guys are responding. So what, Steve, are you doing over there right now? You heard that? It's off mic, but right. You're muted, but I can hear it. Anyway, Steve's like gargling or some shit right now. You're fucking up my delivery here, sir, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I did not know you heard You're that, You're fucking dude. up my delivery. See, there I have something, something going. stuck in my teeth, G. I'm sorry. Really? Couldn't wait like two seconds? It, just... it was annoying me for the last hour. So I knew when I said peace, I could get it out, is what I'm saying. It's late in the day. This is our second attempt to do this. And I think that the show went rather well. I'm glad you guys are listening to this here. Uh, please send in your thoughts. Send in your reviews. Give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. I don't want to like uh, spend too much time on this again, but just for now, if I would really appreciate it if you guys, uh, you know, if you have a, you know, don't, don't, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt your pocketbooks. But if you can maybe donate a buck or two to the show, uh, just for the time being, it's going to help us foot these costs because things are a little trippy right now. Uh, I've got a big week ahead of me. Um, I got to find a job, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to be doing that this week. But I look forward to coming back, following up, seeing what y'all are doing, hearing these wonderful voicemails I'm sure you'll send. Now I'm just babbling. Let me just end it like this. My name is Dan Ramirez. I want you all to have a good week. This is the Heroes of Noise. Peace.